Tech. What's this? It's the new Bell and Sebastian. Do you like it? Sebastian. It's the record we've been listening to and enjoying, Barry. Well, that's unfortunate because it's sex. Just trying to cheer us up, so go ahead. Put on some old sad bastard music, see if I care. I don't want to hear old sad bastard music, Barry. I just want something I can ignore. Here's the thing I made that tape special for today. My special Monday morning tape for you. Special What's Monday afternoon. You should get out of bed earlier. Come on, dude. Play it. Don't you want to hear what's next? What's next? Play it. Say it. Little Latin loopy loo. <laughs> Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels? No! The Righteous Brothers. Well, never mind. No, not never mind. You tell me right now, what's wrong with the Righteous Brothers? Nothing. I just prefer the other. How can it be to state a preference? Since when did this door become a fascist regime? Since you brought that tape in. Oh, man, that's great. That's the fun thing about working in a record store. You get to play crappy pap you don't even want to listen to. I just... I thought this tape was going to be a conversation stimulator, man. I was going to ask you for your top five records to play on a Monday morning and all that, and you just had to ruin it. Well, we'll do it next Monday. No! I want to do it now! I can't fire them. I hired these guys for three days a week, and they just started showing up every day. That was four years ago. <laughs> Hello, it is four minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of April in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning to you. Uh, It is Wednesday morning. It is April 15th. Insert obligatory tax day comment right here. Uh, It is 503-733-2. 970-503-733-2970. If you would like to join us, we are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Uh, if you would like to uh, engage with us telephonically today, uh, Greg Nibbler is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the absurd, the offensive, the pedantic, the obtuse, uh, whatever it is that might be uh, tormenting your cerebral cortex today. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com rick at rickemerson.com uh, sarah with an h at kufo.com tim at kufo.com or nibbler at kufo.com uh, so uh, thank you for joining us it is wednesday and welcome to day 12 uh, before we do anything else here's what's coming up today cna radio correspondent jim roop will be joining us from los angeles where i think 
They don't. Really, there's really no background given for this, but I guess that they were going to be auctioning off all of Michael Jackson stuff. I mean, my deep and abiding suspicion is they just can't find anybody to buy any of it because now it's just become an exhibition. Now they're just going to be showing it, and then they're going to be sticking it back in a warehouse. Uh, we've got Steve Kastenbaum coming up from New York City today because I guess Stephen Colbert, I guess he won that contest because they were going to be they were going to be naming a space station or a, some sort of an orbiting space platform or something, and they put it up. It was like a thing where you could call in or you could vote or you could go to the NASA website and vote on whatever the new space station was going to be called. And I think Colbert figured that he was just going to sort of win it in a walk, but then in all of the uh, nutcase, no offense, uh, Joss Whedon fans uh, got online and they all did, started demanding that it be named Serenity. Anyway, so I think they ended up calling it for Colbert. And I think he's showing up at NASA today or he was there yesterday or something. Anyways, we've got uh, that uh, CNN Radio correspondent. Amanda Moyer uh, will join us today. Speaking of nutcases... So I guess there's just a bunch of people showing up everywhere today to protest, I don't know, something or other about the Obama administration and taxes, blah, 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 blah. It's a bunch of white people who are gathering, I don't know, and and screeching something and then playing a Lee Greenwood song. So we'll talk to Amanda about that. Uh, We've got the top five coming up today. The top five Phil Spector productions. Uh, The top five Phil Spector musical uh, productions as he begins his, uh, his new life as an inmate. What else? Geek Watch coming up today. Um, I almost don't even want to say this because it just seems so ridiculous at this point. I guess maybe we haven't really talked about the backstory to the whole Brett Michaels thing because I think, what is today, Wednesday? Yep. Today is Wednesday. So was it Monday that we were originally supposed to talk to Brett Michaels? Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that didn't really happen um, because Brett Michaels, he was supposed to be on at, I think, 8 o'clock or something on uh, Monday. Well, Nibbler coming to tell the story later, but I, I think he was supposed to be on at 8 o'clock. And then the time, you know, it was sort of, we were, it was like ticking by, and then it was late, and then it was like 10, 15 minutes, I think, after the fact. And I, Anyway, I think at some point his guitar player actually called up, and the guitar player sounded like he was about 15 sheets to the wind as well. And the guitar player gave the whole, uh, yeah, my name's uh, Ted, uh, Russ not going to be able to call in today. And wasn't really ever, didn't really explain why, and I think Greg pressed him a little bit on why Brett Michaels was not going to be able to come to the phone. And the guy at one point said something very similar to, well, I can't really go into that. He's just not going to be able to. I got to go. go. <laughs> and it was gone. So that was Monday. We tried to reschedule it yesterday, I think, for two different times. And I swear to God, between 11 a.m. and, I don't know, maybe 7 or 8 o'clock last night, I think Brett Michaels' people changed the interview like five different times. At one point, they wanted me to come in tonight and pre-tape the interview at like 8 p.m. Pacific time. Oh, yeah, because that's worth it. <laughs> don't, I mean, and don't, don't get me wrong. Rick Emerson is a, uh, Rick Emerson is a fan. Rick Emerson appreciates the music of Poison and Brett Michaels, their contribution to American popular culture. But uh, I was at the uh, the mall yesterday, and we'll talk more about that here in a second. We were at the Lloyd Center Mall uh, for this uh, scratch-off benefit for uh, Portland schools and whatever, and... And uh, Greg called me a couple times in order. He's like, so how do you feel about coming in at uh, 8.30 on Wednesday night and uh, pre-taping that Brett Michaels thing? And I said, I said, bad. I feel bad about that. I feel poorly about the prospects of that happening. So the theory now, the operating assumption is that Brett Michaels will call at uh, at 8.15 today. Right now, uh, forecasters are pegging the odds at about 25% that that will actually take place. So it, just between you and I. We're, all, we're, we're not all going to get our hopes up about that. Like, I'm not going to sort of uh, pin all of my self-esteem to Brett Michaels calling on time today. If he does, then it's a pleasant surprise. 
It's uh, 503-733-2970. So that is what is coming up today. Jim Roop, Steve Kastenbaum, Amanda Moyer, the top five uh, Phil Spector productions, a geek watch, possibly Brett Michaels, and uh, another shot at uh, a pair of tickets uh, to Queensryche this coming Saturday, April 18th at the Roseland, as well as uh, entry uh, for you and a guest to a private listener-only KUFO performance with Queensryche earlier in the day at an undisclosed uh, location sponsored by Miller Lite. So we'll be uh, doing that as well. Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification. Two kids are killed by an Amtrak train in Woodland. A Salem man is arrested for allegedly hopping inhalants with his seven-year-old son. A College Grove cop quits as he is investigated for child porn. An underage strip club on McLaughlin Boulevard is charged with serving alcohol to the kids. When you say an underage strip club. Under 21. Ah, okay. Oh, like All a right. juice bar? Yes. It's supposed to be just, a juice bar. Just, just checking. Okay. Now, Washington State's unemployment rate isn't as bad as Oregon's, but Clark County's is actually worse at 12.5%. A chicken goo from a Kelso processing plant is stopped from being dumped into the Columbia River. Chicken goo. Chicken goo. A 13-year-old is charged with bank robbery. We'll have the pirate report. And the new Obama dog is at long last introduced to the media. All right. Do we have any clarification on uh, whence the dog derived? I mean, is it sort of was it from a Kennedy? Was it from a pound? Hell no. That's... They're never going to tell us, are they? No. We're never going to know. No. All right. It, the records are sealed for the next 50 years. Wouldn't it have been easier just to get a dog from a pound? I mean, and just to avoid this whole uh, this whole snafu? I guess there weren't any available of this breed. But, I mean, was there a particular... I mean, was there a reason they had to have this kind of dog? Yeah, yeah because weren't the, uh, the daughters are allergic to dogs. Yes. Yeah, but the Humane Society said they're making that up. The hu- I saw an interview with the Humane Society... And a woman from the ASPCA, and she said that that's just a lie. She said that there is no such thing as a hypoallergenic dog. She just she's like, I don't know why they're saying that. It's not true. Uh, it's it's just that that's scientifically implausible. So it it seems we're, like we'll never know the real story. No, it's the uh, records have been sealed. The truth is being hidden from the public, Tim. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, we're joined today as always by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. Hello, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing well. How was your Pennywise interview? Man, yesterday was like the craziest day ever. It was just nonstop until about 10 p.m. From about 10 a.m. till 10 p.m. Yeah. It did not stop. One might even say from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. That's true. 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. There you you go. So this is, because let's work backwards. So you had the the Pennywise show. Were you able to stay for much of the show, or did you have to kind of I didn't stay for any of the show. We, uh, (laughs) it was a long day. So we were supposed to, so yesterday we interviewed Fletcher from Pennywise. Yes. Is he big and scary? He was big and awesome. He was like the coolest (laughs) guy ever. He was so red. He's 6'6". Yeah. Holy crap, he's like the tallest person I've ever seen. When you told me you were interviewing him, you said, well, I don't know, he's kind of huge, and it seems like he could probably kill me if the interview goes uh, poorly. I went online, and I looked at some photos and some like YouTube videos of him oh, being yeah. interviewed. And that's a guy you don't want to get on the wrong side of. I mean, that's a full-on... He's like a he's like Andre the Giant as as punk guy. No, so. he was super cool. Well, we were supposed to interview him at 5.30, and then it kept getting pushed back to 6.30, 7.30, 8.30. So we finally interviewed him at He's the Brett Michaels of the, of, the, uh, of the punk world. <laughs> but he came through, and we actually ended up sitting with him for like 45 minutes, just like chatting in like a, um, one of the green rooms uh, in the basement of the Roseland, which is awesome. So working backwards from that, so did that uh, from like 8.30 to like, ni- like 9.30 or 10. Like We talked to him for a long time. And then I uh, hung out with the band and had, like, one of their little, like, band beers and stuff. It was fun. So did that. Then uh, before we went to the Rosalind, ended up going to Magic Gardens with uh, Paddock and Lisa Wood. <laughs> and we're all just, like, you know, hanging out at a strip club, you know, um, doing the, going over the questions. And before Magic Gardens, we were actually at a bar, which we met up at at 4, because we were supposed to initially interview them at 530 
So uh, so really, your evening was just going from one bar slash strip club to another. Pretty much. Waiting for the uh, waiting for the Pennywise. For, and we also actually went um, miniature golfing yesterday too. You did pack a lot of living into one Tuesday yeah, so, afternoon. So after the show, went um, went right from the show to the Scratch It for Schools, where you and I hung out at uh, Lloyd Center for yes. a while and then scratched like a bunch of things. Then went and ate a hot dog and a stick. Then went home, <laughs> changed, went downtown uh, for happy hour, went to happy hour, uh, found out the interview was delayed, decided to go to the glow-in-the-dark uh, miniature golf putt-putt course in the basement of the Hilton. It was like you were on some sort of like a white trash scavenger hunt slash marathon. Yeah, it was kind of amazing. What is it with radio people and magic gardens? I don't know. It's rad, though. You know, the only time I've ever been there, I think, was actually also with you and with, what's his name? With Greg. Greg from KNRK. Mm-hmm. And there was the, and I just remember there being a cardboard sign somewhere that said something, if you're going to look, you got a tip. That was like tacked on the no, wall. No, it was kind of creepy, too, because we had all of our questions and we're, you know, going through um, all the Pennywise questions. And meanwhile, in the corner as that I'm facing, there's this couple getting a double lap dance. Okay. And that was a little. What creepy. do you mean a double lap dance? Like one one woman, two two people, like two customers? No, it was uh, a man and a woman sitting in a chair, like facing out, and then there were two like naked girls writhing on them. Well, okay then. Yeah. Now look, it's Portland. What are you gonna do? Seriously, right. but it was it was the. It was a really, really fun day. It sounds like it was quite a packed afternoon. Honestly, I, I love days like that. It was just go, go, go. Before I knew it, it was, you know, 10 p.m. And I'm looking at my watch after, you know, we finished talking to Fletcher and we're sitting in the green room. And I'm like, okay, that was really cool. I look at my watch. It's like 10.05. I'm like, oh, my God, I've got to go to bed. I think you're actually leaving out the most important thing you did yesterday, which is that you watched The Happening starring Mark Wahlberg. And I watched The Happening. I forgot about that. How great is that movie? Yeah. And that's what I did in the, my downtime between Hot Dog on a Stick and uh, Happy Hour. Is that not the worst major uh, motion picture that Holy you've ever seen in your life? Oh, God, that is a terrible movie. And do you see what I mean about how there's no that excuse? thing too made me laugh out loud. So I so I have a uh, I have a copy of The Happening, which is the, the M Night Shyamalan film with Mark Wahlberg and John Leguizamo and what's her name Zoe Deschanel uh, from. Who was uh, terrible? She's awful. And the, and I liked her and too. As, and as I as I always say about that movie, really, and you owe it to yourself uh, to to not only a see The Happening because it's just astoundingly bad. I mean, it's just so off the charts terrible, and in every way. I mean, it's poorly directed and badly acted and ill-conceived. And, I mean, the production design is awful. And I swear to God, there is at one point, and I'm talking about a movie that's like a year old, but really it's just, it it, it really is just of a timelessly bad uh, nature. There is one scene where everybody in the happening, I swear to God, they are running away from the wind. And I don't mean the wind like the wind is carrying something evil that you can see or like, or it's a wind uh, that's being propelled by a giant chopping machine or that it's a wind that is being exhaled by a thousand evil robots that are stalking the countryside with lasers. It's just wind. They're act- and the, which I and I, got and the I love it when that, they try to outrun the wind. There's, and they're just a long, slow camera shot panning across a field, showing the wind blowing through blades of grass as Mark Wahlberg it was with his, really threatening <laughs> with his eyebrows arched and inflecting everything upwards at the end of his sentences is running away. Do you guys know that bees are disappearing? It's what happens is happening to the bees. It's exceptional. It, it really is. It deserves Holy to be seen by everybody. So really, you ought to. And John Leguizamo, worst role ever. And, and I'm a huge John Leguizamo fan, and that is clearly uh, John got to pay the rent. That's a lot of uh, John got car payments. And um, like M Night Shyamalan's uh, the ending, like come on, yeah, I expected a, more from that. That was the most ridiculous film. ending. And Zoe Deschanel, they really uh, nail it when they said that she's got big crazy lemur eyes in that film. She does. She's it's, it's so like she's, unlikable. It's like she's looking out through the bars of an OHSU uh, study cage. Somewhere. And now they're trying to thread in this thing with her having an affair. It was just like so poorly constructed. And then when they're talking about their first date, and she's like. 
like, and then I put on the mood ring, and it turned purple, and that means horny. Ha, ha, ha. Really? They're talking about this in front of a small child. I'm like... So what you need to do is everybody should have a copy of The Happening, and you really should go to rifftracks.com, uh, uh, and you just download the sort of mystery science theater commentary. Makes it all worthwhile. So. It was genius. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Oh, we want to give evening? a Well, my evening was pretty uneventful. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot. I went home and I was lame, which is kind of kind of my uh, my MO at this point. But by the time we got home, uh, or the time I got home anyway, at like one, I felt like we'd had such a huge action-packed day because yesterday we had the Phil Spector thing happening. We had uh, Ron Jeremy. There was the Marilyn Chambers stuff. I mean, there was the, the, all the regular show uh, things we had, and it was, you know, Don Taylor was here, and it was just just a packed show. And then we went straight from here to everybody's favorite mall, Lloyd Center, because there was this benefit happening for for uh, Portland schools. And it's actually kind of a cool thing. So you go there, and it's a whole bunch of uh, and radio people from it. and TV people and media people, and you sit down at a card table, you know, and they give you, it's basically you, you scratch off sort of as many lottery tickets as you can in like five minutes, and then all the proceeds go to, you know, go to Portland schools and whatever. And I have to say this, the three of us all went. It was uh, Sarah and Tim and myself, and we get to the mall, and it turns out that of the three of us that are there, they only need two people. And so Sarah and I uh, find out that they only need two people to be scratching off these tickets for this, you know, benefit. And we say, so, Tim, um, they, uh, it turns out they only need uh, two of the three of us. So do you want to stay and maybe cheer us on? Tim's like, I should go. <laughs> Gone. Just like Kaiser so No, and, and honestly, Tim had offered like 15 times to stay. But I'm really, I th- really think he made the right decision to leave. I swear. But it was like, a, it was but, like I turned originally, around. originally, you said, I'm too sick. And then all of a sudden, you got better. I had actually, I felt, uh, I felt terrible yesterday that we uh, found out that at the end of yesterday's program, we found found out that all three of us had been suffering from a sort of a gastrointestinal distress of a low-level nature, but that, of course, everybody in the room, like, nobody likes to volunteer that information. No one likes to say, hey, by the way, my, uh, yes, my stomach is filled with, what did you say, air and evil? Yes. <laughs> my stomach is filled with gas and pain and suffering. I, uh... I don't Why think are I, you even talking about this? I thought we agreed not to talk about no, this. No, 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 because see... The, the, it's disgusting. The, the, because I'm sort of recapping the fact that everybody yesterday thought they were the only one. And apparently it's like some weird it's like some weird stomach... Everybody in the office has a, some like stomach flu. ailment. It was like sweeping through the building. So I uh, I was really thinking I was going to be in a... I was really thinking I was going to be in a bad way. But by God, uh, when they had to meet... And the, and the thing is, we're scraping these lottery tickets off, like, you know, for children. And we have this windshield scraper in our hand. And Sarah and I are sitting right next to each other at the table, and the guy says, "All right, uh, you know, we're going to start the, uh, we're going to hit the, the opening bell or whatever, and you're going to have five minutes to scrape off as many of these scratch-off tickets as possible, and then all the money goes to the schools." And Sarah and I are thinking, "That's going to be fine. It's going to be wonderful." Really, you don't uh, really appreciate exactly how few muscles it takes to scrape off those tickets, and then therefore how overexerted uh, those muscles become oh, after yeah, about five minutes. Oh yeah, my arm is kind of sore today. It's amazing that I could even put on my pants today. I mean, it was, I was. I kept waiting for them to come and sort of ice my arm down, uh, like Olympic discus style or something. So uh, we want to say hello to uh, a listener named Laura who came out to see us at the mall Hi, yesterday. Laura. And she actually got up early, and I think she... I hope I don't get her in trouble. She actually called in, I think, late to work by about 15 minutes to stop by and say hello. So uh, hello to you. All right, we'll do this uh, straight ahead. We have Tim Riley at the news desk. Later on, Steve Kastenbaum will join us from New York City. We'll talk about that uh, st- uh, space station thing that they are naming for Stephen Colbert. Later on, the top five and Brett Michaels or not. It's the
the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Rick Emerson, for all your cult-like devotion. He also played Santa Claus in a production that we had in our basement. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is uh, Wednesday morning, and good morning to you. It's 503-733-2970. Still to come, CNN Radio correspondent uh, Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us this hour. Later on, the top five Phil Spector productions of all time, and uh, we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to see Queensryche this Saturday, as well as entry for a winner and a guest to a private listener-only KUFO performance by the band uh, earlier in the day, uh, sponsored by Miller Lite. This at the news desk is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. A young boy and girl were on foot. They were struck and killed by a northbound Amtrak train last night near Woodland, Washington. The accident was not at a regular railroad crossing. Washington State's unemployment rate shot up to 9.2% last month. That's the biggest they've had in 25 years. Still not as bad as uh, Oregon's. Although in Clark County, it's actually much bigger. Their unemployment rate there is 12.5%, and that is larger than the... uh, the state unemployment rate here in Oregon. A Salem man arrested over the weekend after a seven-year-old son allegedly had inhalements while in his care. The mother told police he showed signs of drug use. Authorities said she questioned her son. He told her that, like his father, he took uh, one or two breaths from balloons filled with nitrous oxide. So the dad is in trouble for that. An underage strip club was accused of illegal alcohol sales. Uh, where did this happen? This is the... Uh, Temptations nightclub on McLaughlin Boulevard. You kids familiar with that? This is yes, all the time. No, never. This is a uh, this is just a parade of fantastic news that we have this morning. Yes, just a, this is one pick me up story after another. Back on the Clark County thing for a second in, in Vancouver. So it's twelve point five. Yes, in Clark County. But that, is that higher? Because ours that, is like twelve point one. Correct. Right? That is higher than Oregon's unemployment rate. So that is higher than both Washington's and Oregon's uh, unemployment rate. This is like some horrible election. Are we still waiting for the results to come in from uh, from from Michigan? Yes, we are. Because we're Michigan supposed to was, get them on Friday. Because they they were what they were at twelve something twelve yeah. just twelve points even. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. It, like but we to, beat them at twelve point one percent. Good for but, us. But they have a chance to come back. In the bonus round. If they rally late in the game and fire the requisite number of people, they might actually keep the unemployment crown. That is correct. Yes. Oh, that's great. Uh, I'm sorry. So, uh, t- so, so Temptations, what? It's This is a strip club or was a strip club? For Probably kids, a strip yeah. club well, no it's more. It's a training strip club. It, it trains you to, it to just, advance to a uh, an over 21 strip club when you're ready. It's uh, it's like l- Lil Strippers? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is like a, it's a strip club with training wheels on the back? Yes. So what is it? So they were serving what? Uh, they were serving 18 to 20 year olds, and they shouldn't have been, allegedly. What do you mean serving? But they were giving alcohol to? Or selling it, not giving it to. Nothing's for free. They're not giving it away. <laughs> well, that's true. They're giving away alcohol. <laughs> kids, all you kids. Moms and dads. This, this just in. What's that? Lacking something to do this evening? Um, so uh, Free cleavage and alcohol for all you kids at the... <laughs> <laughs> the strip joint on McLaughlin Boulevard. That's going to be our new... to the boarded-up car lots. <laughs> That's going to be our new morning show. Free cleavage and alcohol. That'll be uh, that'll be on right after Catfish and Mudflat, but before, like, Budman and Booger. Good God almighty. All right. So it's something for all... It keeps the kids off the streets, I guess. So it doesn't seem... But it doesn't seem like they were... So they probably weren't licensed to sell alcohol of any kind at all, right? In other well, words, you shouldn't be selling alcohol to the children. No, no, no. I'm not saying. Though, of course, Rick Emerson would not be in favor of that. I get my. I guess my point is, it's not like 
because strip clubs are either they either sell to to everybody they're or they're or they're, or they're or they're dry, right? They don't right. sell at all. Even so, the big ones. So this makes it sound like they were just selling beer out of like a, like an ice chest in the back room or something, which is not like I guess out of the question, uh, depending on where you are in our fair city. So right, you never know what you're going to find. I I just walked into our office. I found two coolers full of tulips for some reason. I don't know what they're doing today. There. Yes, they're on the floor in there. They must have just been delivered. What do you mean they're coolers full of tulips? They look like tulips to me. I don't understand what we're Don't look in your office. Like in on the this? floor. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. Yeah. Fair enough. I guess there's uh, tulips for all here at CBS Radio. No cleavage, just tulips. How would you like a uh, Pacific Wonderland license plate? You don't see them very often. Mostly on old cars. They were issued between 1959 and 1964. So now they're bringing them back. A limited edition to raise $2.5 billion for the new state history center in Salem. So if you want a Pacific Wonderland plate, that's what you got to do. All these cops are on here and all kinds of problems. Now a Cottage Grove cop has resigned amid child porn allegations. Well, we'll find out what happens to that. Uh, Then there's that, then there's that. Oh, more pirate news. Uh, New York-owned shipping vessel sustained damage after coming under fire from Somali pirates yesterday next to the old Horn of Africa. The U.S. Central Is Command. A bar. <laughs> the old horn of Africa. Hey, you guys want to go down to the old horn of Africa today? Have a belt after uh, after the show? Maybe see if uh, Cronkite and Rather are around? So uh, then a uh, mom said she got uh, an email from one of her sons who was aboard this uh, vessel that sustained the damage. Oops. There's my pot up. There she is. Hmm. Does it say that it's playing? It does. Something wacky is going on here. Not again. This is the... Uh... Let's try it again. This is an artist. Uh, this is like the frame missing thing in the United Nations uh, video. Mom, I will be speaking with you soon. As soon as the pirates leave, we're feeling much better now. We're all a little bit seasick. You know, it's like I was there, Tim. It's just just now. It's like if I close my eyes, I can smell the sea salt. Let's let's uh, really if you just if you just lay back and listen to Tim doing uh, doing that sound, it's yeah. like Hemingway is sitting right next to you, is uh, writing about it. Uh, then another young man, I got in touch with his mother and said, I'm very afraid of these pirates, mother. Uh, I will give you a call later. I hope you and dad and the, the cats are fine. What's going on right now? I mean, just sort of... These in, are artists' renderings of what happened aboard this ship. Is this like, a, is this concept art for where the where the actual soundbite will eventually be? Is this like when you're watching a Family Guy DVD and they have that animatic where it's just the episode sketched on a cocktail napkin? Yes, something right. like that. Well, that's fantastic. So this is Oops, where... Hang on, hang on. I think I found the problem here. U.S. Navy. And there we go. Thank God for God protecting you. I guess well, that was on. the biggest build-up to like a <laughs> second and a half of audio that explains nothing. The first thing I'm going to say is I love you, and, you know, it's wonderful to hear your voice. Oh, you're and, welcome. And um, thank God you're alive, and thank God for our U.S. Navy, and thank God for God protecting you. Ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Doubtfire weighing in on the pirate situation. So, uh, uh, Donald Trump is wondering uh, what to do about these pirates. Well, I think the answer is very simple. You put people on the boats with guns, and when they get near the boats, you just shoot them right out of the water. And that's the end of your problem. And I understand the insurance companies don't want that. Now, explain to me why. They're giving hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, this, this is such a simple solution. But you put a couple of trained guys with guns on the boats... And that's, I mean, you have rowboats coming up and taking over 100 million ton tankers. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. So if you put, if you armed the vessels, as opposed to saying nobody can have a gun, the only one can have a gun are the bad guys that take over the boats. So I think it's a very, very simple solution that they ought to do. What's going on today? Why is Donald Trump Trump talking about pirates? Why not? 
He's, he's not an expert on pirates. Have you noticed? That, have you gone to the Donald Trump pirate expo at the uh, convention center? No. Yet? Have you noticed how much Donald Trump sounds? Could you just play just the beginning of that? Who does Donald Trump sound exactly like at this point in his life? Just play. Well, I think the answer is very simple. You put people on the boats with guns, and when they get near the boats, you just shoot right. them right Anybody? out of the water. Um, uh, um, Baldwin, Alec Baldwin. Yes, exactly. You just picture yeah. him talking. The first thing I'm going to say is, I love you. Jesus, God Almighty. No, he, his voice is becoming uh, indistinguishable from that of Alec Baldwin, specifically Alec Baldwin on 30 Rock. Yes. He's got that great sort of thing. Have you been watching that show? Uh, I'm, in, I'm catching up on season two right now. Oh, my gosh. I, I just caught up with the um, the latest episodes. It's yeah. hilarious. No, I finally, it, it, like, Lara had this whole thing about, like, you got to wait and watch 30 Rock with me because I like that show, too. But the thing is, she, she likes it, but she doesn't like it as much as I do. And given, I mean, left to my own devices, I'll just sit and power through, like, five episodes of any given show all at once. I mean, I'll just sort of binge. And like she was just, she wasn't around and she was busy a lot. And so finally, I just, I didn't even ask permission. I was just like, screw it. So I, I went on ahead. So I'm watching the show by myself. She'll have to catch up on her own time. So I'm about halfway through the second season of 30 Rock, which really is a, a fantastic show. Uh, do we need to, uh, we should do this. So straight ahead, we will have Steve Kastenbaum from New York City and more with uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. Coming up later on uh, today, we have seen a radio correspondent, Jim Roop from Los Angeles, and the top five Phil Spector songs. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. We should try down Gene Wilder, see what he thinks about pirates. That is so random. Love of God. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Uh, coming up later on today, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop in Los Angeles. And we'll also have the top five Phil Spector productions. And uh, did we get a, uh, I'm putting this in quotes now, did we get a confirmation from Brett Michaels? Oh boy, did we. Did we really? I mean, is it from him or is it from, Let's see, it's one, from of his his, one of his person. people? Yeah. Really? All right. It's not from, it's not from uh, Jeff the guitarist or Hank the, uh, the you know, the, the bass tech or whoever it was <laughs> that called Nibbler on Monday. All right. Well, we'll see. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. Seeing a radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum. Steve, I have one simple question for you. That is, what should we do about pirates? <laughs> I, I like your idea of making them walk the plank. Well, we had, I, I guess, uh, I don't know if you've heard this or not. Tim, is this from Good Morning America? Yes, it is. So, it, anyway, it's, it's a long, long audio cut, but it, it goes on forever. But the point is that they were asking Donald Trump, of all people this morning, exactly how they ought to deal with the pirate situation, which is, it seems like that's just the sort of, like about two weeks ago, they were just asking everybody like, hey, so how's your job situation? And about a month before that, it was, so what about the stock market? And a month before that, it was, how about that election? Now, it's just every time you see anybody on the street, it, you, you there, Gene Shallot, what should we do about pirates? So, <laughs> and, so and, and, and Trump just sort of, you know... And, He's not. He's nobody's idea of shy and retiring. He is sort of the financial version of Gene Simmons, where you find him and you ask him anything about anything, and he will just sort of, you know, just the, the sort of observations flow forth, uh, you know, whether or not anybody's actually interested in them. So maybe he's had some experience with scurvy, and that's why they've asked him. You know, what should we do about pirates? I don't know. It's he seems like he seems to have turned into one of those guys who. You sort of, uh, he's like the Mr. Blackwell of the financial world, where you mm -hmm. kind of wonder if he actually has time to go and make money anywhere because he just is sort of bloviating all the time about the money he has made. Especially for a guy who seems to be in the news constantly because his businesses are always failing and imploding. 
I mean, I would say like 35% of the news stories about Donald Trump are about how he's had some business that has just gone like completely belly up. Yeah, you know, his casino business in Atlantic City has gone belly up. Yeah, I mean, that's... How do you lose money with a casino? <laughs> I don't know. You should... I, I swear to God, I will give him like... Uh, I will donate uh, like $100 to the charity of your choice if you find Donald Trump somewhere and ask him that question. Okay. If you can get him a microphone and go, how do you lose money in a casino? Just to see whatever it gets, because I'd like to know the answer to that. I think he's been blaming like partners and, and overexpansion and, or, or mismanagement and, you know, it's the, putting blame elsewhere other than himself. But I don't know. I mean, you know, isn't it rigged? I mean, you know, the house always wins, right? I uh, you would you would think that it really is a recession-proof industry, but maybe that's maybe that's just me. Um, and what is the uh, so what is the deal with this with with NASA and Stephen Colbert? This is it's not a whole space station that they were doing a naming contest for. It was just a section of it, right? It was it was a like a, a wing. Yeah, the um, they were had this online contest uh, for people to name this node, Node Three as they called it, and Colbert's fans mobilized, and uh, he had the most votes, over 230,000 votes. And so they brought on astronaut Sunita Williams yesterday, last night, on the Colbert show on Comedy Central, and so he thought she was going to break the news to him that uh, they're naming this part of the space station after him, so she came on and said... We've decided that uh -huh. the No 3 will be called uh, Tranquility. And that is uh, based off of... Uh... Okay, so no surprise there. They're not going to name a major section of, of the space station after him. But he is getting his name in outer space. Here, here it goes. Your name will be in space in wait, a wait, very wait, wait. important place. My, my name will be in space? Yes. We have uh, come up with uh, something that will be in Node 3 eventually. It will be launched soon this summer in August. It's actually called the Colbert, the Combined Operational... Hard to remember. Load-bearing external resistive treadmill. The treadmill... Wait a second. The combined operational load-bearing external resistance treadmill, the Colbert? The Colbert. There you go. So every time they go to exercise, they're going to say they're jumping on Colbert. That's pretty fantastic. That's like how that... Uh... I don't know, maybe uh, it was like 15, 20 years ago or something that NASA, it was like one of the, the Viking Voyagers or something. One of those capsules they shot into space that has like a bunch of pictures of planet Earth and there's a, uh, you know, there's like a recording of like whale song or something and then, I don't know, like Fermat's Last Theorem or something written on the side. And one of the other things they sent into space was a gold-plated phonograph record along with a stylus and a needle uh, and it contained a whole bunch of uh, noises and greetings and then it also had a copy of uh, Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry which is like the most righteous thing that's ever happened so <laughs> is that the because I, there was all of this sort of online uh, controversy about this because as they always do with anything that involves online voting or space uh, all of the Joss Whedon fans the fans of the, the, the TV series Firefly came out of the woodwork and I mean, in there, don't get me wrong, I love Joss Whedon, love Firefly. We just talked to Nathan Fillion like a week ago. But those people are crazy. Uh, they're just, they're, they're unstable just in the deepest, scariest way. And I think there was a, a lot of speculation that there was going to be some ugly, uh, ugliness if it ended up be, uh, being close or not. But Colbert, I mean, he's got, I mean, it's like the fourth thing that they've named after him because he has, um, he has this. I know they named like a, I think they named a, like a state park or something after him and like, Someplace crazy like New Zealand, and then he's got his own Ben and Jerry's flavor. So it really it is. is a... It is pretty funny how they're able uh, to mobilize without any sort of 
guidance that everybody just jumps on board and and uh, they manipulate all of these all of these events, you know, uh, and, and online voting and polls and that sort of thing. I think it's pretty funny. You never want to underestimate the, uh, the sort of en masse voting ability and power of the stoned college kid demographic, Steve. You've got a good point. That really is what this is. All right, my friend. Enjoy your day. We will talk to you very soon. Take care. There you go, Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. I have to say, as much as I'm a fan of Stephen Colbert and of uh, him being able to have everything on Earth named after him, I don't really care for that American dream ice cream. It's not, it's not to my liking. This is Tim Riley at the news desk. Well, here we are back again. We're going to talk about the presidential dog. Is everybody ready? Here we go. The presidential dog. This isn't going to be Donald Trump talking about the presidential dog. No, it is not. Okay. <laughs> the newest addition to the first family is the presidential dog. This is Bo. The six-month-old Portuguese water dog, he scampered in front of the White House press corps on the White House lawn yesterday afternoon to the delight of all. It is spectacular. <laughs> and well-deserved. <laughs> He's a star. He's got star quality. Doesn't a Portuguese water dog sound like some exotic sex actor that a hooker would do <laughs> in Tijuana for like $5,000? It might be. Hey, how much for the Caribbean face hat? Where will this dog be sleeping? A bunch of spots, but he'll be sleeping inside. Is he going to be in a bed? Not in my bed. I don't even under, I don't even understand who that was. That uh, Obama? Yes. Yeah. Were they just like shouting a question of his? He walked by a fence mm-hmm. like fifty yards away. Yes. All right. So uh, let's call in the uh, dog whisperer. This uh, fellow works on the National Geographic Channel. His name is Cesar Milan. He says the Obama should walk Bo at every chance possible. That's a good tip. Very important that he goes in there very tired and right away tell him the rules, the boundaries, the limitation. And if once he follows the rules, boundaries, limitation, then you give the affection to Bo. That sounds like good advice. Everybody in the family must do their share for Bo. Very important that everybody plays the leadership role. You know, the girls, Miss Miss Michelle, obviously the uh, the president. Everybody have to learn to walk the dog, to master the walk. Very important for any dog in America to live with humans who know how to walk them. There you miss. How much do I have to pay for the Albanian tickle squirt? So tons of white people are scared to death that we have an African-American president, and they're talking about all kinds of things, like there's going to be socialism, he's going to take away your guns, and now the governor of Texas wants to reaffirm his uh, state sovereignty. Whatever, Rick Perry. I'm here today to offer my unwavering support Thank you, George to this Wallace. young man, uh, to all of these members of the legislature who are standing behind me, and more importantly, millions of Texans just like yourself that are tired of Washington, D.C., trying to come down here and tell us how to run Texas. I believe the federal government has become oppressive. I believe it's become oppressive in its size. No one cares. It's intrusion in the lives of its citizens. And he went on to say, I happen to believe that the Constitution does not empower the f- an African-American. This- I mean, really, toothless rube uh, Rick Perry had this to say about things that concern no one. When is it, 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 I mean, was there some specific incident? I mean, apart from the election of Barack well, Obama, well, clearly. Well, Drudge has been fanning <laughs> the fire all week long. <laughs> I mean, was there, was there something other than a president that doesn't look like me uh, that stoked his indignation? I mean, was, Probably did, not. Did I miss some sort of a junket where the federal government en masse got on a plane and they flew to Texas and just decided that, yeah, I don't know, you weren't allowed to buy, you know, like banana-filled Twinkies or something on Tuesdays? Yeah. I mean, there was was this prompted by a specific uh, law or action? I believe it was a black man who was elected president. This is just, uh, this is just hillbillyism, isn't it, Tim? It is. All right. Lucky we have uh, Lynn. It's, it's yeah. got to be stopped. Well, it will be.
Here's uh, Lindsay Lohan to talk about more important things. Hi, my name is Lindsay, and I'm searching for love. I'm recently single, I think, and I'm looking for someone who I can spend the rest of my life with, or at least the rest of my probation with. A little bit about me. I'm an actress, a singer, an entrepreneur, and I have single-handedly kept 90% of all gossip websites in business. I would define my personality as uh, creative, a bit of a night owl. I'm a workaholic, a shopaholic, and according to the state of California, an alcoholic, as well as a threat to all security guards if they work at hotels. And to put all those rumors to rest, I am not broke. I actually have over $400 in the bank and 20,000 Marlboro miles, which I'm very proud of. I'm looking for a compatible mate who likes a night out on the town, as long as he or she is driving, of course, likes ankle monitoring bracelets, and doesn't have family members quick to issue restraining orders. The perfect mate loves long walks on the beach, car chases on the PCH, antiquing, and uh, passing out in Cadillac Escalades. So if you think you can handle a redhead with a little bit of sass, left. and by that really? I mean yes. a redhead that's crazy. All right, let me pull up a chair. And don't pretend like you don't know me. We've all read about it. All right. We'll crash a few parties, a car or two, but at the end of the day, I promise you, I never lose my Google hits. Are you sure this new Just pen that I'm using? Ten seconds. You can reach me at 6126. They quit making my last pen. Or you Again? can find me on now the, the pilot. I took it off yeah. the market. I'm so now, I have to use this uh, signal, this uh, uniball now. It's a... Oh, hello. It's, it's over. Wow, that's not funny. Uh, the and here's and it, it's like so not funny that it kind of becomes hilarious in an inverse way. The first thing way. I'm gonna say is, I love you. Thank you. The, that's from. Is that from Funny or Die? Is that where that is? Did she cut that for the Funny or Die website? No. Oh yeah, she did. Because that's. Oh, be- I thought you were talking about this woman. No, no, no. That's. No, no, no. The pirate. <laughs> I don't think anything from the pirate attack is going to be on Funny or Die. That's from Money Let's or Die. Not. Money or Die. It's from Money or Die. I don't think they want money. They just want ships. Whatever. All right, we'll take a break. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere. One time, I did actually confess that I uh, made out with my teddy bear. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up uh, this hour, we will talk to CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer, who I believe will use the word teabag perhaps five or six hundred times in her report. Because I guess these are... Is one of these happening here? Do we know? These, I don't even the, know what's going on with the teabag. The tea things? I doubt it here. It doesn't really seem like this is a city that would be uh, would be filled with Republican activists, but but what do I know? So, even like Phil Sizemore's backyard. <laughs> if he's out of jail. Well, I, th- I think we know the odds of that are relatively. Any other Republicans in the state? Uh, no. I know a couple of Republican activists. Really? Do mm-hmm. you? Oh, yeah. Like, aggro. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just saying Portland does seem like a... There are a few in my neighborhood. <laughs> really? You know, you just don't want your sister to marry one, Tim. That's the uh, that's the thing. Uh, so we'll talk to Amanda Moyer about that uh, today. Because it seems very much like... Here's my whole thing. I, I mean... It doesn't matter to me. I mean, you know, support or not support, whatever you want, or protest or don't protest. And certainly nobody is uh, sort of agitating for higher taxes. Uh, as as somebody, by the way, as somebody who had the sticker shock of seeing my tax thing arrive in the mail, because as they sometimes say, I uh, I have people for that. Uh, we have what a tax uh, thing. Well, you know, when you get like the tax statement from, you know, the, whoever prepares your taxes. Oh, okay. Because you, well, you actually do your own. I mean, you sort of, I mean, you have Quicken or whatever, and you sort of sit there and you labor over it like Bob Cratchit. Uh-huh. Uh, that way you get to blame Quicken, and you get to blame the program you're using. 
Really? That could audit a program. You just you just sit there and you could curse the uh, you can curse the software as it's throwing up like some figure that you weren't quite expecting. Mm. And it's that thing of where there's Laura and I have this you know we have a, a woman who at a, at a um at a you know tax preparing service that you know kind of does all of it and then it arrives and, and it's like that thing of you go out to uh, the mailbox and there's that large envelope and it's it's kind of like the big sort of manila folder and just for a moment you're hoping it's something good you're thinking why that's great perhaps someone sent me uh those back issues of hustler that i was waiting for and then not you really thought you were gonna say honcho or something honcho (laughs) perhaps somebody sent me those somebody sent me those copies of swank that i requested off ebay um but i bring it inside and i open it and it's you know and she sends the same i mean she has a very distinct look uh, to the tax package that she prepares for she uses the same kind of like binder and the same sort of uh, you know letterhead and whatever so i open it and there's just that moment of like ah but you've sort of forgotten about it and i take it and what do you immediately and she's so helpful about it and i know that she really honestly is trying to be helpful but when we get the tax thing from the woman every year there's like those uh what is it? Those post-it notes that are just like uh, they're tiny little arrows that show you where you're supposed to sign. Mm-hmm. They're like little specialized post-it notes. And so I just open right to that because that's the page where I sign off in sort of recognition that she has told me this is the amount that we have to pay. And I put it and I just and you kind of do that. Ah. And then the whole series of thoughts in my head is, well, maybe she's made a mistake, which clearly isn't the case. Like that's there's, there's been there's no mistake and especially no mistake by the woman whose job it is to prepare the taxes. The the mistake is just me thinking that I wasn't going to get uh, bent over and horked uh, by the government yet again. So oh, me too. I think I don't know. Maybe she's missed something. Maybe I'll go back and I'll add up these figures myself and uh, give them a good once over. And I guess you just you know there's just, there's just no point because doing that doing that is just like jabbing something into the place where your tooth once was. It, it just it doesn't fix anything and it just aggravates the pain that is already there and just serves to further irritate you. So, in any event, so nobody is clearly in favor of more taxes, but this feel the thing of I, I, I guess it's when a, a bunch of cities people are showing up and it's it feels very much like a manufactured event uh, where they're trying to create buzz around something that has no demonstrable buzz or public uh, interest attached to it. So anyway, so, we'll so talk is that to, what? Yes, yeah, so that's why people are doing the tea bag. See, I don't even really know. I don't that's the thing. It. I just like I just being like able to say tea bag. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my copy of tea bag? Did that arrive? Honey, has my tea bag weekly uh, come in the mail? All right. No, it's just more taxes. Uh, so we'll talk to Amanda Moyer about that. Coming up later on, uh, Jim Rupp will join us, and we'll do the top five uh, Phil Spector productions of all time. This is uh, Tim Riley's working on the following headlines on this Wednesday morning. Now, Washington State's unemployment rate isn't as bad as Oregon's, but Clark County's is actually worse at 12.5%. Well, on today's Pirate Report, the new Obama dog is long last introduced to the media. A Saudi court rules a man may marry an eight-year-old girl. Meanwhile, Ooh. Afghan women are pelted with rocks for protesting marriage laws. And chicken goo from a Kelso processing plant has been stopped. Do we know the nature of the goo, Tim? It's from a chicken processing plant, and apparently they had a phantom pipe dumping chicken goo into the river until it was found by a group of students. What do you mean a phantom pipe? It was a hidden pipe. That, that, Does the pipe go underneath the toll booth? I don't understand. Where? What do you like? This, a, this is in Kelso, Washington. This is. It was a hidden pipe that came from from where? Just from the goo repository? A, a, a processing plant that processes chicken carcasses. All right. Imagine yeah, going let's... to work doing that every day. That's fantastic. But everyone needs a job. I like the work. word goo is unpleasant. It really is. There's nothing good. Here's the thing. Nothing good uh, is attached to the word well, goo. Listen to this. Uh-uh, Google. 
They observe they they observe the phantom Fair enough. they observe the phantom pipeline that spewed chicken parts into the air and belch chemically rendered goo into the water. <laughs> it almost is worth where is this in Kelso? This is in Kelso. So it's all I mean look, first of all, it doesn't have, not in my backyard, Tim, that's all I care about. And it's almost worth whatever uh, the almost Everybody's uh, gonna do something for a living. We the almost certainly staggering health risks posed I'm to a the process of chicken goo. I belch things into uh, the local water supply. Uh, would I, you like to go out may with I me? Job shadow you for the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost worth uh, whatever horrible effect that's going well, to have. Kids on supposed the, to look up to in Kelso. The local water supply. Well, just for the phrase the chicken goo man. Just for the phrase belched chicken goo into a local water uh, reservoir or whatever it is. It is the Columbia River. Ha, imagine though this. Where people are swimming naked further downstream. <laughs> I mean, this is essentially a rendering plant, right? You're talking when they yeah. say a processing plant. They process chicken carcasses, as but I mean, they, they can. But they don't. They, they don't even really process. They just gooify them. They just process right. them into sludge. It sounds like. Mm -hmm. Then you get the idea. It's just like some sort of a big mashing machine, and then it just sort of. Here's what I'm picturing when you're talking about a about a chicken processing plant, and then the goo that is forthcoming from said processing. Mm -hmm. I'm just picturing like a big garlic press. But instead of but it's garlic press like the size of a like the size of a car, and it's just a lot of like and then it, oh god and but since we're talking about a rendering plant, I mean it's in Kelso so it's all relative, um, but since you're talking about a, a rendering plant, imagine the existence of something so bad, so foul that even a rendering plant doesn't want to be associated with it, so it necessitates the construction of as you said quote a phantom pipe. Because it's just a secret goo pipe. <laughs> it's it's because even by rendering uh, uh, plant uh, standards, it's just uh, it's just too vile. Jesus. All right. Um, well, we'll get back to the goo story here. And by the way, uh, part of my brain, while I've been talking about this uh, chicken goo story, part of my brain has been on linguistic recon, trying to come up with another word that is good, something else good that has goo in it. And I'm trying to... And, and the How thing, about the Goo Goo Dolls? Now, see, but that's only... That's pre-1995 <laughs> only. And I'm trying not to use the word good, so I'm not going to say Mr. Goodbar, not going to say good and plenty. I think Goo Goo Dolls in Google might be it. Goo. Goo. No, there's nothing else. There's no, nothing else that is good has uh, the I letters. can't believe you wouldn't even think of Google since we love Google so much. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you really... You, I mean, that's, there's nothing else that has G-O-O -O in it that's positive anyway. Mm. Uh, I just want to read this one email, then we'll uh, uh, talk to Amanda Moyer around the corner. This uh, email says, the end of Twitter. Rick, a lot of people in the tech and web world have been talking about the end of Twitter for a while now, uh, basing much of the declaration on it being over the fact of it being over on the fact that their parents and grandparents are now all over it because Oprah told us about it. it says, now there is no denying it. If you watched Larry King uh, last night, which I did not, you saw him taking on Ashton Kutcher in a battle to one million Twitter followers contest. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Do we have audio of this by chance? I can go look for it. I'm not sure if it's there. With other stars. So I guess Ashton Kutcher and Larry King. And can't you just, I mean, without any difficulty, can't you just picture this in your head? Yes, and now it just makes me feel really late. Larry King sitting there holding uh, like his, whatever that f cricket firefly jackpot not cricket. That's the that's the low, that's the that's the cell thing. What is that? I always ask this. What is that? The phone they sell in Parade Magazine to old people. The jitterbug. The jitterbug. <laughs> I got to write that down because old person style. I keep forgetting it. But I'm picturing him holding like a jitterbug a, a twittering device in his hand, where it's got like a like the numbers are all huge, and it's just got like a one big button that just says on off. So I guess he's he and Ashton Kutcher spent the entire show 
trying to get to a million Twitter followers. What would Larry King? This sounds like a like a lots of laughs prepared comedy bit. What would, what would Larry King talk about? What would about? Larry King possibly be twittering about? Today I had a solid movement, and um, I managed to do so without any tearing. They're bat battling to see who can get to a million followers. Okay, I think this is it. Hey, Kutcher, I got your message. It's Larry King. Do I have to tell you who I am? Anyway, are you putting me on? Do you do? You, are you kidding? Do you think you can take on an entire network? Do you know how big we are? Do you know what CNN is? Can you pause Kutcher, You're playing out of. Can you pause it for a second? Is this, is that is this like a threatening phone message left for Ashton Kutcher at home? <laughs> this is Larry King. I so will have. I will have you. I'm talking on a show. <laughs> if you cross me again, I will have you personally broken on a wheel. This is him like talking in his living room into a microphone for some reason. Let's say, uh, just you're in, you're in the, you're in. let me finish. Let me finish this, this, this sentence. Then we'll play the Larry King cut in context here. It says other stars were chiming in via Twitter, like Demi Moore saying, "Use your superpowers to get Ashton to one million first. He promises lots of fun and games if he wins." Ew. Oh God! And of course, Ryan Seacrest chimed in as he always did. Yeah. Ryan Seacrest. I don't even think there is an actual Ryan Seacrest. I think Ryan Seacrest is like the hybrid in Battlestar Galactica, and he's really floating in some sort of milky tank uh, full of weird electrochemical liquid, and he is simultaneously beaming a three-dimensional image of himself, like Will I Am style, everywhere. He says uh, in this email, the final proof to illustrate how Twitter is nothing but a utility for attention whores is uh, is this. Uh, he's a Larry King talking about Ashton Kutcher. Uh, he said, only rarely do you find somebody using it legitimately. Um, it's always just CNN personalities and writers and musicians and tech mouthpieces that should know better. It's no one who actually says anything you care about. All these old people jumping on Twitter is like your grandmother coming down to your party and trying to get down to rock and roll with your friends. So there you go. So I missed that. Okay, what do we have the rest of the of the Larry King cut? I guess so. In another time zone, this ain't going to work. CNN will bury you. But we won't take any ads saying we buried Kutcher. What would be the big deal in that? But I'm proud to say that I'll participate in anything you want. You come on my show, I'll go on your Twitter or whatever it is you do. Now, if you want to give something to do something crude to Ted Turner, I hope you know that he doesn't run this network anymore. Some people think that, but he doesn't. However, he's a good friend. Is Larry King off his meds? Seriously. If you ring his bell, there's also a strong possibility. He'll send some. I'll turn to Tom Brokaw when I'm talking. The man takes strong repercussions. Anyway, I'm looking forward to be part of this whole Twitter <laughs> scene. I'm honored to tweet wow. Twitter with you, and I know that uh, CNN will beat you to a hundred, to nine hundred, to a million. But don't take it badly. Don't take it personally. You're one guy. They're an entire gorge network. They're an entire gorge network. That's what he said. What is a gorge network? I know. I found his Twitter account. Do you want to know what Larry King Twitter is about? Just before, but hold on, but before I do that, what... I think there might be a phantom Twitterer. Wait a minute, but, but there's like a hundred things I don't understand. First of all, that is what Larry King sounds like without a teleprompter, clearly, because it, don't you get the feeling he's just freestyle, or like his, what, one of those 15 wives of his is like holding up huge mm -hmm. signs across the room. Yes. And she's pointing, you know, pointing to them sort of like with a magic marker. What is, what is a huge gorge network that he's referring to there? All I right. don't know. And did he say at one point... If you're on my show, I'll come on your Twitter. Yes. Okay. Larry, Larry King, ladies and gentlemen, smooth operator. Uh, well, we should uh, get caught up here. We have Amanda Moyer on the other side. Maybe we should ask her uh, what she thinks about Larry King versus Ashton Kutcher in the big Twitter showdown. Uh, and do you say, did you say you found his uh, his feed? Oh, I did indeed, and it's magical. Can I give you one? Yes, you can. 
Is Krispy Kreme still popular? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, one of the most successful broadcasters in history, Larry King. Wow. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Still to come today, we have uh, the top five Phil Spector productions. Stay there. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. My eyes, the goggles do nothing. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Still to come today, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop from Los Angeles. Uh, we'll also be giving away another pair of tickets to see Queensryche this Saturday at the Roseland. An entry for you and a guest to a private listener-only KUFO performance with Queensryche earlier in the day at an undisclosed location sponsored by Miller Lite. So that is coming up. And the uh, top five Phil Spector productions of all time. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer. Hello, Amanda. How are you today? Good morning. I'm well. How are you? I am fantastic, especially because we just listened to the most wonderful thing. Uh, did you by a chance happen to see Larry King last night when he was uh, trying to battle Ashton Kutcher to see who could get one million Twitter followers? Oh, I. You know what? I did not see that. It really was. Uh, it really was quite something. And I do. And I'm unclear. We had a piece of audio here that I. I think this sounds like it was actually like it was recorded at Larry King's house or something. Um, Tim, that audio you just played, when that was from it was from the TV show, but was it, it was it pre-recorded like at his home or something? It look it could have been at the CNN office because it sounds very much. Uh, it's it's is it on YouTube? Is that where you found it? Yes, it is. All right. So if you get a chance, Amanda, I really uh, I really strongly encourage. Uh, just you know, in terms of being a team player, you go on and look at this Larry King uh, video because it's just fantastic, and that apparently he spent the bulk of last night's show. Uh, dueling with Ashton Kutcher, like of all people, to see who could amass one million followers on Twitter. And there are a few things funnier than hearing Larry King say things like, CNN is no one to be trifled with, Ashton Kutcher. So it really is just, and I'm, and the thing is, as funny as that sounds, I, it, it is like 15 times better, uh, when you, when you watch it in person, because things are funnier when they're said by Larry King. That's just a, uh, that's a scientific fact. I'm going to have to check it out now. Um, let me ask you about this. I can't even believe that I'm now opening my mouth to query you, having just like five minutes ago that is a thing that nobody really seems to care about. But there's this, like this tax day tea protest thing that's going on. But wasn't there one of these in February too? Wasn't there something where they were, I don't know, people were throwing tea or tea bags or tea leaves or something into, into rivers or something everywhere? That's right. Back in February, this kind of all began, and it was uh, there were some tea parties. They were spread around. There was one in Atlanta. There was one in Florida. I know there was a big one in Cincinnati. And basically, at that point, they were uh, kind of in outrage and protesting about the stimulus bill. And uh, but all of this began in a, after a televised rant by CNBC's Rick Santelli. Um, he was he drew a lot of cheers from traders, and he he basically attacked the president's plan. Um, about mortgages, and um, he actually suggested that they should have tea in Lake Michigan in a Chicago tea party. And it kind of just became this grassroots uh, event and uh, with Facebook and Twitter, and now it's kind of grown to this second wave of nationwide tea parties. So let me understand this. So it's so it's not just uh, it's not just Larry King that's embracing Twitter. It is uh, it is tax protesters who are using an idea from, you know, 230 years ago or whatever. Apparently, they are using, um, they're blogging, they're on social networking sites, and they're trying to gain support for uh, this. They're just, and this particular one, the second wave, um, they're protesting taxes, 
as coinciding with tax day, spending, and also the government's handling of the overall economic crisis. So they're just protesting things, really. They're just it's just nouns uh, of all varieties with which they're displeased. I mean, don't get me. I mean, nobody nobody said I demand to pay more taxes, but I mean, I don't. It just and it seems so wholly. Uh, I'm not when you say it's a grassroots uh, uh, phenomenon. This is just my own personal observation here. Like it just sort of rings false to me. It doesn't seem like a thing that anybody really is talking about. It seems like um, it seems like one of those things that they are desperately trying to make look like a grassroots phenomenon. Uh, but it's really like, you know, like the same 15 guys, uh, you know, from a libertarian party who are sitting in a room somewhere just mass emailing everybody before they decide to go off to an Ayn Rand convention of some kind. That would just be my assessment. And they ought to do, I mean, instead of like tax and, uh, you know, and it's a tax thing and it's tea, they ought to have, I mean, if they really want to make an impression, they ought to do something with actual tax, you know, like thumbtacks, like the kind that'll, uh, that'll poke you. Or not. Never mind. That might be a liability waiting to happen. That might be. But uh, I, I can say what's interesting about it is there's more than 750 of these planned around the country. And some of them, they're expecting ten to 15,000 people. I know the one in Atlanta is tonight, and the cops are already going to block off like eight blocks around the Capitol building. And, I mean, it, if that amount of people show up in all these different cities, that could be – something interesting and a lot of people are saying that it could be the beginning of a new energized republican party uh you know if i've been thinking about this last week and i wasn't uh i would have planned some sort of like a like a mr t party uh, just to be happening across the street you know what i mean mm-hmm. where you just get the you know you just get a bunch of guys with mr t masks you know it's like a goof and just you sort of stand over there and you just wave a lot and you say something something pity the fool blah 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 blah. maybe people dress up there you as go the colonists, and you then know, and-, and then everyone goes to become drunk and uh, we all end the day happily. So is there one of these happening in Atlanta? Are they going to uh, like send you out to sort of uh, interview uh, some of these folks? There is a big one tonight in Atlanta. I think it's uh, like 7 to 10 tonight. And um, actually, one of the Fox News hosts, they're, they're going to be at there, too. Um, so... I don't know how many people they're saying ten to fifteen thousand people. So we'll we'll see what happens. Okay, just uh, final uh, final suggestion. Use this maybe maybe the Mister Tea Party. Uh, you know, it's probably too late to put that together logistically. But I'm looking Tea Party, and it is spelled T E A. Maybe you could do this. Maybe Amanda Moyer does sort of a Borat thing, where instead of a Tea Party, you think it's a Taya Party, like for Taya Leone. Hmm. Can you hear me in the back? Ah, never mind. All right. Amanda Moyer, thank you for uh, tolerating our juvenile foolishness. Uh, we will speak with you in the immediate future. Always my pleasure. There you go. Amanda Moyer, ladies and gentlemen. Our? We weren't throwing out Tia Leone. That was you. I'm just trying to provide a little levity. Mr. T was funny. Tia Leone, not so much. The Tea Party meets at Izzy's. I'm sorry, what? The Beaverton Tea Party meets at Izzy's. That sounds like a real festive group of people, Tim. Today, the Beaverton Tea Party will be gathering at Izzy's. The one in Tillamook meets at the Pancake House. <laughs> Boy, that just tells you everything you need to Everyone know about this demographic, doesn't it? I mean, anytime you, anytime any group of people are in meeting... In Roseburg, Willie D's restaurant is the gathering spot. If you're going to be meeting at the Beaverton Pancake House, I mean, just imagine the smell of Ben Gay that's going to be coming off of that group. Just a lot of... It's just going to smell like asper cream and stool. In I mean, Salem, gather at 11 a.m. on the Statehouse steps. No, but that's not going to happen, clearly. And here's the other thing about it. Uh, this, this says... And, and and again, I mean, it's you know, we we don't talk like a, a lot of politics on the show or whatever. But to me, I think the thing that uh, that sort of irritates me about this, and I, I saw Sarah, you were cringing when she said, and this is not Amanda's fault; she's just passing along the information as a journalist. But when she said, "Well, it started on Facebook and Twitter," I think I got two thoughts. One, 
You know how they do this thing in Britain uh, to sort of deal with music piracy, uh, where they, they talked about instituting a tax on physical goods that are used for the downloading or trading of a copyrighted music. In other words, they wanted to put like a 2% tax on iPods and blank CDs and CD burners uh, you know, and high-speed internet connections because those things are used for a lot of file sharing. And they're like, you know what? We'll tax everything that they use, uh, that people use to trade copyrighted music, and then that'll go into a fund, and then that goes to the industry, and then mm-hmm. whatever. Then it covers the losses. And I don't know, good idea, bad idea, whatever. It was, you know, it was sort of interesting, at least. I think that there ought to be some sort of a social networking uh, tax. And I think if you are any kind of celebrity, you have any movement, if you are above a certain level of recognition, anytime you say that you are doing something with a social networking site, like that phrase itself has started to really great on me. Or if you say anything, well, I'm going to be twittering about it, like you got to pay a nickel to somebody. Uh, and then it, you know, and then it goes into uh, it goes into some sort of a pile. Maybe uh, we should have a nickel use. rule on our show when we talk about it. See, I, I have to say this too before I get to my my final point about this. On the Twitter thing, because we had back-to-back, through no fault of our own, we had the Larry King thing, followed by the T folks. And isn't T slang for heroin, Tim? I have no idea. I don't do heroin T. Okay. I thought heroin was H. Well, it's also H, but I think it's T. It could be any number of letters from the alphabet. What about Q? No, no, no. Q is... um. I don't know what Q like is. Ludes. I'm trying to either go the John Delancey route or the uh, or the singing uh, the singing puppets route. Um, it's Ludes. Hello, 1970. Okay, Kevin Klein. Um, but uh, my thing is, we set up. You know, Sarah and I made such a big deal of getting our Twitter accounts or whatever set up last week. I think since then I've done it twice, and then I just I almost immediately lost interest in it. I did it today because like. You know, people are following you like I like every day. Like that's you feel the most compelled res- to. Yeah, that's the most response that I've had from any of the social networking sites or whatever. Like, uh, you know, MySpace or Facebook or whatever. I like, should say that I every actually, day I get like forty like requests in there. Like, so and so is following you. And I actually got one person who taunted me uh, for not doing it. Uh, Nathan says you haven't updated forever. You're supposed to be a geek. You can't figure this out. Best show ever. Uh, so I'm sort of being taunted for not updating uh, frequently enough, but. Having created the whole uh, Twitter account, I find myself almost uh, utterly and totally disinterested in <gasps> me it. Me too. Like, it's still confusing to me, and I just kind of get... When something's too confusing, I get bored. Well, and don't you... And don't you feel kind of like a jackass whenever you do it? Oh, yeah. I mean, even if you know that it's for uh, something legitimate, like if we're going to be giving away Queen's Ride tickets, or we got... If Brett Michaels actually does uh, show up at some point today... I mean, don't when you're doing it, don't you just sort of feel silly? Yes. Like, you, and you kind of don't want anybody to see you doing it. You know, like if Lara was to say, what are you doing over there? Are you Twittering? No, I'm looking at porn, honey. I'm not. Because <laughs> I'm a mile. It just, it feels, it just feels kind of odd. Um, anyway, so uh, my final thing about this is that I've now got two different emails, actually three different emails with three different times about when this thing is supposed to be happening today. One of them says it's at 6 p.m. in Pioneer Courthouse Square. That's correct, yes. Okay, here's another one. They gather at 5. Like, it takes a whole hour to gather at Pioneer Courthouse Square. So you're, they gather at 5. The event is at 6. Uh, Nibbler, late 10. Nibbler said that somebody actually called him and said that it's 3 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. So it might be a different locality. This is Pioneer Courthouse Square. That's so, not what I have. I got this from Oregon Taxpayer Tea Parties. This is uh, Americans for Prosperity. For Prosperity? Uh, prosperity. Okay. Posterity? Yes. All right. 
do this. It's the uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO coming up here in just a uh, short while. We'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Today's Top 5, the Top 5 Phil Spector Productions and a pair of Queensryche tickets as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today, ladies and gentlemen. It is uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. In mere moments, we'll be uh, rejoined by Tim Riley, the news guest. Uh, next hour, we have uh, Jim Roop from Los Angeles. We'll also be counting down the five uh, top five Phil Spector productions of all time and a uh, pair of Queensryche tickets uh, as well. That is for this Saturday at the Roseland. We're also going to be giving away entry for you and a guest to a private listener-only KUFO performance with Queensryche uh, earlier in the day at an undisclosed location, sponsored by Miller Lite, uh, ladies and gentlemen. All right, it is 503-733-2970. At the news desk, it's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Spokane is getting ready to kill its squirrels. Apparently, they have too many of them. They're tearing up the park grounds, and something has to be done before Spokane is spoiled. So they're going to use the Rotonator Pro Pump. It pumps propane and oxygen into the tunnels of squirrels, then sends an electric spark and causes an explosion. The shockwaves kill the squirrels and collapse their tunnels, but in a humane way. <laughs> I don't it, know how they measure. Does it the, actually the say humani- that? <laughs> I don't know how they measured the humanity. Yes, it does. Does it actually have a story about something exploding with the word humanity in it? Mm-hmm. The Parks Department is warning area residents that it plans to blast squirrels all week and not to be alarmed by the noises. That sound like gunshots. This is humane, they say. <laughs> Police have already been called to the Arboretum by people who heard explosions already. I'm so torn whether to go with a Hindenburg joke or, or whether to go with a Caddyshack uh, reference. Uh, squirrels have been a problem and their uh, population is exploding. <laughs> so, so to All speak. over the white people of uh, Spokane. So they're going to be... So is it, they, they're pumping in hydrogen and oxygen, is that what you said? Yes. And then they're just... And then they're lighting it on fire. So they, it really is light. So my Hindenburg joke is not really all that uh, misplaced. They really are doing that. Right. It kills the squirrels in a humane way. Is that like because they let them say goodbye to their loved ones beforehand? Or they're, uh, they're allowed a few moments maybe to address the good people of planet Earth before we blow them into tiny little squirrel parts? It could be. All right. Although we're unsure of that. Uh, the Sony court, our friends in Saudi Arabia, have refused to block a marriage of a girl who's eight years old to an older man. On Saturday, for the second time since December, a court in uh, Saudi Arabia upheld the marriage of a Saudi to a girl much uh, younger than the man, on condition that he does not have sex with her until she reaches puberty. This stuff just grosses me out. God, yeah. Meanwhile, in Afghanistan, women are protesting a marriage law and they're being pelted with rocks. A crowd of more than 1,000 Afghans uh, swarmed toward a demonstration of 300 women against the conservative new marriage law. The bill passed last month said a husband can demand sex with his wife every four days unless she is too ill. Women's rights uh, scheduled the protest. They were attended by mostly young women, but the group was swarmed with counter-protesters, both men and women, who shouted down the women's chant and threw rocks at them. We're trying to free these people. It's, uh, it's good to see that we brought democracy to, uh, to that part of the world. Too. Yes. The religion of peace. It is the religion of peace. Then we have uh, bad news from uh, Woodland, Washington. A young boy and girl who were on foot were struck and killed by an Amtrak train in Woodland, Washington. Washington's unemployment rate is 9.2, but Clark County's is even worse at 12.5. That's even worse in Oregon's, which is at 12.1. Why would it? I mean, 
Is there some major thing that closed, some major industry that shut down in Clark County that I that we're not aware of? But it's just it's odd mm-hmm. that it would be. I mean, first of all, it would be odd that it would be so high in Clark County, and then it would be even higher than Portland because I know that Portland has really been the uh, unfortunately leading the Northwest Pack in that regard. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So these teabag protests, if you want to go to one, all you uh, living in the Beave, uh, you're supposed to meet at Izzy's. For your protest, All right. right after you eat, I it's guess. right between the uh, crocheting party and the uh, veterans of foreign wars pre-meet that's happening up there. Then at five thirty, then you're going to march, but you don't have a body you wanted to throw tea into, so you're going to throw it at the Beaverton Post Office. Are you making that up? No, I'm not making this up. They're going to throw tea at the post office. Where else are they supposed to throw it? I don't know. Like, are somebody... they soaking the tea bags, or are they just throwing them dry? I don't know. You, you have, have to, to soak the out. tea bags, Sarah. Need, there's... need it, <laughs> Izzy's, if you're interested. You know, dry, dry tea bag is just. There's no point to that. Gotta make sure there's a lot of moisture. Yes, yes. But and most of these other rallies throughout the state either uh, meet at restaurants or buffets. <laughs> well, one has to carb load. You know, it, really, if you're going to be coming all the way from uh, the suburbs, and it is from the suburbs, uh, to be throwing ba- tea bags at the post office. The post office have to. I mean, I mean, I guess the post office delivers maybe your maybe there's bill. There's a little vat to throw them in once you get to the post office. <laughs> like a little tea bag slot. Yes. I mean, who who dislikes the post office? I mean, the post office sort of seems to be that's that is. Well, maybe it's a short walk. Don't you think that this is uh, not just figuratively, but actually literally? Maybe a, it represents the government. Well, I, I suppose, but I mean, don't you, like it, it is in the absolute most literal sense the blaming the messenger. I mean, just the post office has to bring in your tax bill. What are you supposed to march to in Beaverton? The car lots? I, I, I really don't. I, <laughs> the strip malls? I, I guess not. There's probably some... Uh, There's very little in Beaverton to protest. There are things here that people want. I, it really... the Olive Garden? It really... Today we are marching. We're not marching to the Olive Garden, by the way. That was said for satiric effect. I eat the Olive, that Olive Garden. But so, if they're, but so they're gathering at Pioneer Courthouse Square today here. downtown, but they're... Now, are they throwing something downtown today? No, they're going to march to the waterfront and dump tea bags in there. It doesn't even seem like that would actually, I mean, not that I really care. Not that the Willamette is, like, it's pristine, it's got to be preserved. It doesn't really seem like you can it organize. at this point if you dump tea bags out of the Willamette. To, right? go, to go throw a substance into the river, it seems like that's because actually I'd, probably not allowed. And that's probably illegal, yeah. What about all the chicken goo that's dripping down from Washington State into the rivers? Now, is that going into the Willamette? Well, see, it starts. At I thought the it was Columbia just going River. into the Kelso groundwater, like to school children. No, or something. It, uh, st- it goes into the Columbia River. Doesn't the Columbia River meet at the Willamette at some point? Hey, do we drink out of the Columbia River? I mean, not directly, but I mean, does that uh, does any of the water we drink come? I mean, I know the water. No, the, no, no. The it, Earth is a closed it comes system. To a bull Run, and then you get that reservoir up on the hill there. All right. Well, I mean, so is the, the one you're complaining about that didn't have a cover on it? That's where your water's coming. Mount from. Tabor. Yes. yes, I saw that. That was drained the other day. I rode my bike up to the top of Mount Tabor, and um, the reservoir that's usually full is completely you empty. You can't throw tea bags in there. Is it? Well, you. I well, mean, you I, could now. I you could. I guess it would. It would I guess have somebody drank all your water. Very little demonstrable effect. Does it freak you out? By the way, whenever you go by and one of those reservoirs is empty. Yes. Does it make you feel like maybe somebody pulled the plug by mistake and it's oh god, you know, and you're like ah oh, we're gonna have to no water this week. Maybe Look, they're cleaning. Well, it made me wonder why, too, because it looked like a big, like, empty pool, and I was expecting to see, like, skateboarders or something in there. Well, And, and clearly they're not cleaning because if – I mean, here's how you know that they're not cleaning the reservoir because that would indicate that they are concerned about cleanliness. And if they were concerned about cleanliness, they would just have a top on it so that, you know, homeless guys couldn't fornicate and then rot inside my water supply. Then that would cause a protest of taxpayers who don't want their taxes money spent on reservoirs. I'm – how do I put this? I'm surprised uh, – I'm surprised that there hasn't been some, um, perhaps, again, uh, satiric 
and uh, strictly for amusement purposes only, a counter-demonstration planned for today uh, involving tea bags. I, it just seems like, you know, in Portland, that's a thing that, um, it's a thing that's just a natural uh, here. And it's, uh, you know, and it's, uh, it would be entertaining and I think would uh, focus the attention of, uh, of our citizens, especially our young people who are maybe too detached from the political process. I think if we were able to use, um, you know, if we were able to use uh, uh, tea bags to, um, it's just so beneath me. I even I just can't. It's just because now I'm just turning into what's her name. I'm just turning into to, to, to idiot Rachel Maddow. Well, I'm just kind of disappointed in people like who throws tea bags into a river. That just it it, it seems like you know because there are as gross as the lamb it is. There are like fish and stuff in there. And it's historically inaccurate, Sarah. So because I do believe it was actual crates of tea uh, that the colonists uh, uh, destroyed and threw. Maybe they're going to angrily rip Harbor. open the tea bags. Maybe. And dump them in there. And don't you know that it's all going to be celestial seasonings and, like, chamomile? It's just going to be the whitest people you can possibly imagine, and they're going to be up there with, like, a box of tummy mint or something. <laughs> They'll be buying, like, stocking up on their Tazo from Starbucks. I mean, that, I mean that's, that's exactly what it will be. Um, it, it's going to be, like, you, you will, and I guarantee you that there's going to be some guy who sort of looks Will there vaguely, be a vendor selling tea bags? There ought to be. See, that's some money we ought to get in on right now. We should be down. The, they have the station logo. That's a, on some tea bags. No, that's a thing. That's a thing mm-hmm. that, like, if you were, like, a homeless guy or one of those gutter punks downtown, you ought to be stocking up on tea. And then you, you fight. Because you, you know that, like, one out of every three uh, uh, couples that shows up there. They're going to be parking their massive gas-guzzling Canyon Arrow and then waddling down uh, to Pioneer Courthouse Square, no doubt stopping five or six eateries along the way to power their suburban girth. Uh, We forgot our tea. And then immediately, if you were able to just be there with the tea and go, look, uh, $15 for this tea. And then they would complain and you'd say, well, that's capitalism, Whitey, so suck it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they'd buy the tea and then you'd have yourself $15. So, all right, well, there you go. And you know that there will at some point be somebody angrily uh, tearing open the tea and then throwing it with great relish into the river. Uh, and then the wind will immediately whip it back into their eyes. And so that'll be satisfying. So I'm hoping that that at least gets captured on the on film. All right, here's Tim Riley. The Liberace Museum in Las Vegas celebrating its 30th anniversary today. Only costs 30 cents to get in all day. At the Liberace Museum in Vegas? Yes. Ah, you know, I'm going to be there next week. Why can't it be now? They can get in there. Well, what, what is it usually like? 12 bucks? It's not bad. Uh, it is $14, actually. So. Are you going to go? Uh, no, nah, because they, I checked online, uh, and they haven't updated anything. They still, I mean, they got that world's largest rhinestone, which is pretty cool, actually. And they've got the hot pants. The uh, these rhinestone encrusted hot pants that he wore at his bicentennial um, uh, television uh, appearance in 1976. But I don't think they were supposed to be getting a rhinestone covered car that Liberace had and it hadn't uh, had never shown up. So I'm going to wait on that. Some people enjoy flirtation and sexual innuendos in the workplace. Others find it rude. But either way, it seems to drag down the employee's morale, according to this Fox News story. Especially among men, a surprising new study reveals. In a new study of 238, 10% of women and 46% of men say they experience office titillation, <laughs> such as listening to a lewd joke or being approached by an overtly sexual manner. They found it enjoyable rather than bothersome. In a follow-up study of 1,004 employees, 40% have encountered sexual behavior on the job and half rated it as pleasurable or wait, a benign occurrence. Wait, like, sexual? How sad if your sexual behavior is benign? How was the sex? Ah, it was mostly benign. <laughs> I would say I was indifferent to the sex. 
This is actually this is not actual sex that they're experiencing in the workplace. So this is just sort of a, like a uh, saucy talk. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of uh, uh, sass and flirt uh, and uh, what no what do they what do they used to say in the video? slap and tickle. It's a lot of slap and tickle around the water cooler with Fred with Fred McMurray chasing Shirley MacLaine around a desk somewhere. All right, we'll do uh, one more here, and then we will get caught up around the corner in the next hour. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop will join us from Los Angeles, and we'll have the uh, top five Phil Spector productions of all time. Harry Potter and his school chums are heading back to a class a little sooner than expected. Uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince is now opening Wednesday, July 15th, two days earlier than its previous release Fantastic. date. That according to Warner Brothers. I uh, saw the trailer for that when I went to see... Was it at Watchmen? Where did I see the trailer for that? It must have been online. Yeah, it wasn't at Watchmen because I haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty great. Although I I do I do wonder exactly how it is that they're going to get away with. Have they, does they say what do they say what it's rated? Does the article say if it's PG thirteen or if it's? Because that's a pretty. I would say that's in many ways the darkest of it all the Harry not. Potter books. Is that the one with? Um, it's with, one where the, I won't give anything away. There are no spoilers. Lol. With the uh, lake. Yeah, where, where Dumbledore it. has I to go across always, the lake. Like, haven't you, since I read that, I want to see what that looks like on film. And there's all the, like uh, mind. the unpleasant drinking that yeah. takes place. And it's just, yeah, that, that, uh, that Half-Blood Prince, uh, it, she did a really great thing, actually, um, where if one assumes that maybe you started or in the future you start the Harry Potter books uh, when you're, you know, I don't know, you're, you're, uh, you're young, you're eight, nine, ten, something. By the time you get to, like, I mean, it's going to take you, I mean, they're long-ass books, so it's going mean, to be, unless you just plow through them, you're going to be a couple years older by the time you unless get to the end. Unless you're super dork like us and we finish them in two days because we're afraid to read spoilers. <laughs> so unless you're a literary retard like Sarah and myself. And like, because, like, you, you know, because you were, this is not a real spoiler, this is a fake spoiler. In case you were trying to avoid, like, some Nelson Muntz uh, asshat at the mall walking around with, like, a, you know, Harry dies on page 552 uh, or whatever, um... But by the time you get to, you know, books like five, six, seven, you're going to be a little bit older, which is good because they, they get progressively more messed up. I mean, there's some sequences in that uh, in the Half-Blood Prince that are really just deeply unnerving. Mm-hmm. And I was like 33 years old or something when I read it. So, all right. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, it is the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Don't forget, before the end of today's show, another pair of tickets to see Queensryche at the Roseland. And the top five coming up as well, plus uh, your phone calls. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Don't exchange blood with a hooker. Oh, that touches me. This is Rock 101 KUFO. I think that's a new variation on that rejoin. I like that combo. <laughs> it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It's Wednesday morning. Uh, just ahead this hour, seeing a radio correspondent, Jim Roop, from Los Angeles later on. The top five Phil Spector productions of all time. And then the... Uh, the claim, anyway, is that we'll be uh, talking to... Uh, I already feel like I've done the Brett Michaels interview. We, we talked about it on uh, Monday, and I think, I think in fact, Friday as well. So can we be done with the fact, like, if he doesn't call in this time, like, we're done? We're I'm going to go home, and anymore. I'm going to... You know what I'm going to do? Uh, if he doesn't call, I am never listening to my copy of Sexy Back, as recorded by Poison, ever again. Or maybe I'll listen to it constantly. Maybe I'll... Uh, maybe it'll be like a self-flagellation uh, kind of a thing. All right, um, and I'm not kidding, by the way. Lest anybody think that I'm uh, just referencing that as like a fictitious, wacky thing. There's a, I think it was, I think the record was called Poisoned, uh, with an apostrophe, that came out maybe 18 months ago, something like that. And it's just a whole, it's a whole series of covers. Some of them okay, some of them odd. And I would say, to be charitable, I would say the uh, the Poison version of Sexy Back falls into the odd category. Tim Riley's working on the following headlines on this Wednesday morning. 
Why, there's all kinds of things to talk about, though. Somali pirates just won't stop attacking ships. And just because they lost one hostage, they went out and got 60 more just to start all over again. A dad and his son apparently have some inhalants. And now the dad is in trouble. An underage strip club is busted for legally serving alcohol to the youngsters. And Oregon's rare Pacific Wonderland license plates could cost you a hundred bucks a pop if you want one. They're going to be uh, not up for too long. So if you want one, you better hurry. Then a Cottage Grove police officer resigns amid child porn charges. And this is uh, somebody has clarified, by the way, uh, from uh, Clark County here really quickly. We were talking about the unemployment rate. And I was wondering why the unemployment rate would be, A, so high in Clark County and it is higher than Portland even. Says, uh, Rick, longtime listener, big fan of the show. You mentioned Clark County unemployment is higher than both Washington states and Oregon's. I can tell you why that is, because I'm a software developer who lives in Clark County and is unemployed. He said, one, there are no jobs in Clark County other than uh, retail. It is very much a bedroom community of Portland. And when the economy suffers, retail suffers, hence fewer retail employees. He says, two, uh, he says, companies discriminate against Washington employees when hiring in the Portland metro area. Uh, he said that a lot of times people here do not put their addresses on resumes because that would mark them uh, as Clark County residents and would get their resume uh, tossed uh, immediately. So anyway, so that is uh, somebody who I will uh, not name. Oh, uh, by the way, so we should mention this. So 24 hours, less than 24 hours actually from the day, tomorrow morning, uh, we've been talking about this on the air and you've heard uh, there's a lot of uh, promos that are run for this. So the Sleep Country Foster Kids Pajama Bowl for 2009 is coming up. Uh, that is actually going to be happening on April 26th. Uh, from 2 to 4 p.m. at Big Al's uh, in Vancouver. I'm Big excited. Al's in Vancouver. Hopefully it won't be as hot this year as it was last year. I don't remember being hot last year. I just remember being... Well, because you, I bought you those pajamas that were like <laughs> light and airy, and I had like long flannel pajamas on. I don't even remember what the pajama... Weren't they pink? Didn't they have to wear like pink yeah, frilly? Yeah, little little pink flowered ones. That's great. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, well, here's the thing. So I actually... Uh, I actually won't be there this year, which is, uh, which you knew, cause you know I'm gonna be in Vegas. You're not gonna watching... help the children. I, no, no, here's the thing. Rick Emerson cares about children. There's nobody who cares. Oh, really? I gave myself carpal tunnel scratching off tickets yesterday, you damn woman. Uh, was at Lloyd Center. I gave myself a paper cut. Giving myself really tendonitis. <laughs> Did you in fact give yourself a paper cut? No, but I was doing the, uh, the scratching thing. I was going too fast on it and I just went, Oof. And it like went right through my finger, the side of the lottery ticket. Just back on that for a second. So we were at Lloyd Center yesterday, and we're doing the uh, the scratch it for kids thing. The Oregon Lottery does it, and you go there, and they, they give you this. You know, it's basically as many scratch off tickets as you can scratch in five minutes or something. And they give you like a, like a full on windshield scraper, like a like a wintertime ice scraper for it. And you put it in your hands, and they and there's somebody there who's just feeding you these long strips. Of scratch off tickets, you know, just just like the kind you buy, you know, plaid pantry or whatever. But it's just a long, unbroken string of them. They're not, you know, they're perforated, but they're not, they're not separated. And you're just taking this ice cream scraper and going like, and scraping them as fast as you can, which is a thing that seems really easy, and it is. And it seems like it wouldn't take too many muscles, and it doesn't. But what that means is it's just the same handful of muscles being taxed over and over and over and over and over again. As fast as you possibly can. As fast as you possibly can uh, for five minutes as you're gouging down into these scratch-off tickets with an ice scraper. I, about 30 seconds in, it felt like someone had actually set the inside of my arm on fire and then tried to put it out uh, with a series of small ice picks. Um I mean, there was a point where I didn't think I was going to be able to work my zipper or, or you know, ever again. No, my you... hand was shaking and it was like a claw after the end of it. <laughs> totally. And we got done. I was like, I need a masseuse. 
and a claw is exactly how it is. I felt like Bob Dole or something. I was just like, I can't even open. These dirty hands won't open. It was awful because like Daryl's there from Fox and he's filming us afterward, and I'm sweating because we're we're like every everyone was sweating. Was Everyone's filthy. just like gross, and you know you're just going as fast as you can. Sweating and filthy, and covered in lots of little silver shavings from the top of a scratch off ticket. It was lots. It was it was a really sexy time for everybody. And then uh, our friend, uh, uh, our friends Mike and Amy were there, and I was trying to, went up to talk to them, and I was like, "Hey, good to see you, Rick." And he puts out his hand, and I think in retrospect, I think he was, I think he did it knowing I couldn't shake hands, uh, because I went to shake hands, I was like, "Oh, I can't," oh, I, just, I couldn't even, the hand didn't even want to unfold. So that's how much Rick Emerson cares about children. Uh, lost the ability to uh, to do anything, and then we went to hot dog on a. So then stick. I extra super care about children because I'm doing both of them. Just before, just before this, I said we we went to hot dog. On a stick afterward, and it was Sarah and uh, uh, Chris Paddock and myself and a uh, record label uh, representative and uh, her gentleman friend. Yeah, he was, and, I think he was at the Ding Tings. And so we were, uh, so we're all there and uh, trying to lift a corn dog into my mouth, and my hand is just sort of like, "Come on, you can do this." Um, yeah, that was my first hot dog on a stick experience. Man, those outfits are embarrassing. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, here's the thing about hot dog on a stick: is that that is. It's a place that doesn't look like it really exists. Hot Dog on a Stick is a place that looks like a restaurant created to be in like a Judd Apatow film of some kind where they would show or like maybe seven or eight years ago, it would have been a, like a place that Tara Reid worked in some sort of wacky teen comedy. She's like, I have to go work at Hot Dog on a Stick. And then it would cut to her doing that thing. And the, the uh, woman we had lunch with yesterday, she referenced this, where when they make that uh, lemonade at Hot Dog on a Stick, which is quite good. They have to do this really sort of uh, phallic-looking, uh, butter-churning motion with the the lemonade thing, because it is just—I think it actually is just water and sugar and lemons. It's, uh, it actually is, I think, made there on site, but it's all put into this weird sort of container that does have a plunger on the top of it. It's like that old uh, that thing you see in the in the 1950s westerns where the guy is blowing up the dynamite and it's the box with like the T-shaped plunger on top, and he goes in fire and he pushes it down. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Except that it's usually like a hot teenage girl. Uh, like in a bike pump kind of? Yes, exactly. Uh, but she's in a tight-fitting outfit, and then she has to pump that thing up and down like a thousand times uh, very quickly. So it's it, it is a uniquely interesting place uh, to have lunch. Anyway, so, so that it was, was good, if not deep-fried. So, that so that's how much I care about children, uh, that I, uh, I inflicted massive tendon damage on myself. But coming up a week from this Sunday, it is going to be April 26th uh, at Big Al's, the Sleep Country Foster Kids Pajama Bowl. And so th- the way it works is that uh, Sarah gets together a team. It's Sarah and four people. And usually it would be me, Rick Emerson, and four people. But where are you going to be, Rick Emerson? I'm going to be in Las Vegas enjoying Britney Spears uh, and quite possibly the Osmonds. Uh, but here's the thing. I will be caring about children uh, from afar. So this week, in fact, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. You can't get out of this that easily, though. I have to I go there and look like a jackass in pajamas for the children. And yet behold uh, how uh, yet behold no, no, no. how if, I'm not going to be here. No, if you care about children as much as you say you do, you still need to like participate in some way. I'm, I'm, what? I, am I not using my? Am I not using uh, this valuable airtime and this golden voice uh, to promote this event? No, you're supposed to, to be using children? your golden arms to go bowling. Look, but instead, I, you're going to go see Britney Spears. Look. Brittany's got to eat, too. She has children, Sarah. Yeah, I think people, I think you need to do something else. Well, fine, if you're not going to do the bowling thing, you have to do something with people, like make a team for something, like take them bowling some it's other time. It's not enough last year I let you dress me in pink pajamas. It's true. With frill, by the way, which I think... And you, you bought can... me really cool pajamas, which I felt really guilty about. Yeah, and you know, and the thing is, I could have bought you, uh, like, uh, 
I don't even. There was something. <gasps> Hannah Montana, I think. Because the deal, the deal is that Sarah and I uh, each pick out each other's pajamas. This is how we've done. I think we've done this either once or twice or something. We uh, pick out pajamas for each other. And then we go to, you know, you go to Big Al's on the 26th and you, you know, we were there with other, you know, radio station folks and we're bowling in our pajamas. And then, uh, you know, there's uh, listeners who uh, bid to get on the team and then there's, uh, and then the winning team, there's a uh, fun and frivolity and prizes of all varieties. And then, uh, the money, of course, is all for uh, Sleep Country Foster Kids Pajama Bowl. Um, and it's, uh, and it's fun and there's like good music and, Beverage yeah, is being imbibed, and it's like, and it benefits, and it goes to Trillium Family Services, mm-hmm. which is, uh, and they're, they really are. That's a, it's a great uh, a group of folks because they uh, offer mental health services to, you know, kids and their families that are, uh, you know, at risk or just not able to, uh, not able to take advantage of some of the other uh, mental health services that are out there. So it's a great, I mean, it, it is a great thing. You know, Rick and I are big believers of mental health. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we are, Sarah. Um, but it's especially great because you get to dress whoever you know whoever else uh, you're bowling with uh, uh, like a Nimrod. So last year, I, though, I didn't do that. I bought you pajamas that were actually pretty. You decent. bought them like presents of mind or something, didn't you? Uh, they were well because because Lara was with me, and I kept trying to buy pajamas that were sort of horrible. And she finally convinced me that you were probably going to buy me something that was relatively respectable, so I should repay the favor. And then I show up, and they're basically like My Little Pony pajamas. They were. I'm not going to say where I got them, but let me just say they were from a very very cheap place. Were they from a place that uh, perhaps might sell um, Kathy? I was see now I can't make the joke that I was going to make. That's uh you you are you're you're I, do you the, the flashback to the Paris Hilton thing. I think you are um I think you've just skated right by the edge there and so uh, sufficiently close to the edge that I will not make the joke I was going to make. But yes, you did you buy my pajamas at a place known uh for their um discount prices and um their large customer base? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, very much so, yes. Uh so this year you are going to be having uh, four people join you for the uh, pajama bowl. I will not be here uh, because I will be gambling and whoring in Las Vegas. So, um, what uh, we can? Well, do- how are you going to raise money? Because well, we're just going to have five people. So it's going to be uh, instead of you and four people. You know, you'll have four people on your team. My team will be five people. So it, you're leaving me. You're sending me out there alone. Not alone. You'll have listeners with you, Sarah. Why do you hate the listeners and nope, children? Because you need to do something for Sleep Country and wear pajamas for something. Like you can take them bowling some other time, or take people out to lunch and or do something. With I'm not taking listeners to lunch in my pajamas. I'm not uh, going to a. I'm not going to do a uh, topless car wash. Right, well, since that was I'm the first thing do... that you said that you weren't going to do, you should. You totally so I should I... have to Wait, take them out to lunch. Can I? Can I do it with the tea bag people at Izzy's? Right. You can buy them all tea. You got to do something though, Rick. I mean, come on. This is the Rick. Do Emerson I get to pick them? Do I get to pick the lunch place? Yeah, I'm right. sure, but I get to pick the pajamas. But the listeners, will they have to wear? No, they wouldn't have to. No, I mean, this is, this is no they, because it's, so basically, the team will still exist without me, even though I'm not going to be here on Sunday. Yeah, but um, you need to do something because that just doesn't make any sense to be like the Rick Emerson team, especially since you know you and I compete right, against each other. All right, here's the, okay, so uh, so here's the deal. So tomorrow, where we're going to be uh, signing people up to be in our respective teams. So it'll be you and you and four listeners, and then you all, uh, you at least, will bowl in pajamas on the twenty sixth that I pick out for you. I will get uh, I will get five listeners because somebody has to take the place of me because I won't be here. You can pick the pajamas, but I get to pick the place where we go to lunch, and so that and so then I will take that team to lunch. I'll take whoever whoever signs up to be on the Rick Emerson team. Uh, because I will be playing in absentia. I will not be actually, I won't be here in town. Whoever signs up to be in the team, I'll take them to lunch in my pajamas as long as I get to decide where we go. 
And also, I'm billing CBS for it. I'm not paying. So, well, uh, what do you like? What kind of place? I you, but it, you don't get to ask clarifying questions. Here's the thing. I'll I, know, say, I have to go someplace where there are going to be a lot of cameras and there are a lot of people. Everybody there is going to be in pajamas. That's the thing. You're going to be surrounded by other people wearing pajamas. And meanwhile, I'll be at like, you know. Okay, uh, well, it can't be too obscure where you take them. Like, it has to be a place where you will see It people. will be. How about this? I, it, a chain. It will be a restaurant that is open to the public. Mm. I think you're being unreasonable if you uh, if you deny me that. A restaurant that is open to the public. All right, will there be – okay, riddle me this. Will there be a camera person? Are we going to bring someone from CBS to take pictures oh, of you my shame in your pajamas to record my, having to, said lunch? To record I will, my okay, shame. You can do it wherever you want if somebody goes along with you for photographic evidence that you are in public in pajamas. Do I have to announce on the air where I'm going to be yes. eating? All right. Okay. okay. Fine. 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 Okay. But All right, verbal shake. Okay. But okay. But but you uh, you are limited to one comment per day accusing me of not caring about children because I'm going to be in Vegas uh, watching Britney Spears because Jaden James needs to eat too, Sarah. And I think you're forgetting that. So all right. So, uh, so we can we can agree on this. So you will get four listeners. It'll be you and four listeners in your team. I'll pick out your pajamas. You'll bowl. It will be five listeners on my team because I will not actually be here. In exchange, I will take uh, the listeners to lunch at a later date wearing the pajamas you pick out for me, which, by the way, cannot reveal my uh, business in any way. They can't. No. The store can't be visible. Uh, the uh, So I will take them uh, to lunch in those pajamas. I get to pick the restaurant. But in exchange, there's pictures or film. Both. Mm, all right. Fine, fine, fine. All right. CBS pays, though. But in exchange I, for that, we get to announce where it is. <laughs> I have no control over that, but fingers crossed. Hey, if Rick Emerson pays. Look, you didn't see Rick Emerson's tax bill. Uh, if that, uh, if I'm paying, it's going to be at, like uh, the, the restaurant that is Rick's house, and it's just going to be me and a waffle iron. And I don't think anybody wants that. So, all right. Straight ahead, Jim Roop joining us from Los Angeles, as well as the top five, top five Phil Spector productions of all time. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Rick Emerson, for all your cult-like devotion. He also played Santa Claus in a production that we had in our basement. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Also, that Larry King thing uh, we were playing where he was talking about... Where he appeared to be threatening Ashton Kutcher. Try to, try to out-twitter me, I'll crush you. Do you mean this thing? Very cost a nickel. And in those days... You are reading my mind. Nickels had pictures of bumblebees Because that's of- exactly what it sounds like. When he's... And the, this uh, twittering that you're all about, um, I will have you uh, professionally and personally destroyed and reduced into a fine powder, Ashton Kutcher. Uh, that's Twitter. Boston, Hello. We'll play it again later. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Still to come today, the top five Phil Spector productions of all time. Let's go to Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen. We're lying in wait like some sort of news-like cobra is Jim Roop. Hello, sir. Springing into action now, sir. That's right, my friend. Launching uh, into... Uh, a thing that is then a larger that thing the that thing. has the news and the yeah. whole deal. Right. Um, hey, uh, real quickly, uh, so the, Phil Spector, this, there's got to be an appeal on this, but he's still like in the clink until they it's, sort of get all this sorted out, right? Like he's not going anywhere. 
No, he's, he can't go anywhere. He's a convicted murderer and a flight risk. I so guess even all through whatever, however long the appeal process takes, he'll be incarcerated. I guess that would uh, that would indicate that perhaps they're not going to let him just be uh, roaming the streets at any point. True. Hey, since he's in jail now, uh, did we ever figure out if that's like a wig, if, that, if that's his real hair? Uh, they allowed him to wear whatever that was during his booking photo. So um, it, it is it is a wig. He's famous for several different wigs. I mean, do you just... I, I don't sort, know what he looks like without one. See, that's my whole thing. Is I remember back when uh, the Jackson trial was happening, when Michael Jackson was on trial, I just so desperately wanted him to be found uh, guilty for really no reason other than I wanted to see what he looked like without his makeup. And you figure that they're going to hose that stuff off of him before you know before they photograph him, or, you go, or at least he can't wear it in jail. And so I just really wanted once and for all just to see what kind of weird skeletal face was underneath uh, you know all of that uh, the, the crap he wears. Yeah. It's like, what's his name? Was that guy, Tim, years ago that had the horrible hairpiece? It was James Trafficant. That guy, who, and I don't even remember what he was. Was he like a senator or something? I don't even remember who James Trafficant was. I just remember he was some he was some uh, politician that got sent to the slam, and he had just one of the worst hairpieces on earth. And we just so desperately wanted to see a photograph of him without it. It was like Trent Lott. Trent Lott has another one. I was like, yeah, Trent Lott is a full-on uh, 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 mo from the Three Stooges uh, toupee. And to the point that you wonder, like, you know, you, you're Trent Lott. Can't you buy something better? You know, <laughs> you afford some sort of you, – you can put a chinchilla on your head and you look better than that thing. So, all right. Well, in any event. Um, hey, so speaking of – I didn't even really intend this, but speaking of Michael Jackson, so there's this segue. Um, I'll just read it here. It says, CNN's Jim Roop reports that millions of dollars worth of Michael Jackson's possessions that were up for auction are now just an exhibition. And I actually went to – somebody sent me the website. Uh, about a week, week and a half ago, and it wasn't Christie's. It was some I Brilliant. forget. Yeah, uh, that, that's right. I, mean, I went to the online auction place, and it was weird. First of all, it was a real clunky page. It was all everything was like a shockwave flash animation thing. I say, sounding like Larry King, um, but it it was strange because like the first like fifteen pages of this auction catalog, it was all like arcade games and pinball machines that they'd taken from Neverland. And they were all really old. They were all like from 1985 or something, indicating that at a certain point, Jackson either couldn't afford or just lost interest in in refreshing his uh, children's plaything uh, variety. So it's all very weird. But so what is so what is the deal? Could they just not find a buyer for any of this stuff? No, no, no. Jackson. Uh, here's what I know. Jackson and Julian's auctions uh, struck up a deal. That Julian's would go in, clear out Neverland, because Jackson, he's never been back there since his acquittal. And they would clear out Neverland, took 10 semi-trucks, and set all this stuff up for sale. Now, according to Jackson's people, they were supposed to take photographs of all the items, give them to Jackson so he can pick the things not to sell. Right. They never did that. So Jackson says, some of this stuff has personal sentimental value to it. I don't want it sold. Uh Julian says, hey, we got a contract, you know, we're selling this stuff. Well, the court battle ensued, and yesterday, and as of a noon yesterday, they had this old Macy's or May Company store next to the Beverly Hilton just decked out an entire apartment store full of Jackson stuff, everything from cars to that white Billy Jean glove. And um, then all of a sudden... They struck this deal with Jackson, saying, okay, we won't sell the stuff, and you can have it back. So whatever they did, uh, they won't tell us exactly how that deal was or what the deal was. And from what I understand, too, the the 
lawsuit is not settled. Just they've settled on not selling the stuff, and now it's just an exhibition. You can go in for twenty bucks and see what Neverland looked like on the inside. Really? So where? Uh, I, uh, that's absolutely the kind of thing that I would do. Uh, by the way, that's a, I've I've made no secret of the fact that Neverland is just. I mean, it's not the actual. It's 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 at a it's at a separate uh, location. So you're not going to be able to like walk through Neverland or whatever. But uh, Neverland's not even called that anymore. It's called something estates now. Like I was just going to say, like Sunny Ranch Retirement uh, Community. Something, yeah, it really is. It's something very strange. You would never know it. Even the front gates. When I was there yesterday, the first thing you walk through are the front gates in Neverland to get into this old department store, and and then you go inside and it's first of all real noisy because all the you know, there's all kinds of Jackson stuff being played, and right. you know, you go into that video game section or that playroom section. There's all that, all the noise from all those games. Um, but it's it's pretty wild. He had such a strange taste in so many different things. And yes, he did, Jim. I mean, gee, <laughs> I'm talking about. Never mind. No, I'm speaking of. Yeah, uh, of I'm speaking of. Uh, but it was just shoes. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, you talk. I've never. I mean, this guy has lots of stuff. Yes, he does. Um, that's also true in many, many ways. Was there, I, can, I can never keep track of... I thought he owed people like jillions of dollars or something. I mean, I thought he was like in, in debt and they had all of these bills. I, I, I think thought, it, yeah, but then but then somebody helped him renegotiate the loan on Neverland or the mortgage really, he on got, Neverland. Did he get like a consolidation loan? Did he get like a payday advance place? Yeah, something like that. You know, for all I know, he's part of the bailout package too. But so, he could have he made $20 million on the sale of these items. Wow. We should totally spread an urban legend that Jackson got bailout money. <laughs> you know that Obama's a big fan. Felt bad that he'd fallen on hard times. That's Here why he doesn't need to sell the stuff now. Where you go? He has given so much to us in the world of music. The least we can do is to help him out in his time of need. And then, you know, and then it's the check. Um, I'm just picturing Jackson going into one of those places where there's like the, the bulletproof glass. And then the guy named Smitty uh, behind there who's, you know, like shoving, uh, shoving like a stubby pencil under under the little in like the little window slot thing. And <laughs> what are you going to be putting up for collateral? Uh, thriller. You know, and he's just signing the thing. And then he gets like 100 bucks to tide him over until the 15th. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, hey, is, 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 can I go online and and just yeah, find out stuff. and find out like where to go, where to go kind of look at this stuff? Yeah, it's right. It's right next to uh, the Beverly Hilton Hotel in Beverly Hills. I am all over that. You know, here's the thing. I'm going to Vegas uh, next weekend. I don't probably don't have time to drive to uh, to California, but the next time uh, I'm in the uh, I'm in uh, California, if I can do that soon, I'm definitely I'm, I'm absolutely going to see that. It's all, the problem is though. It's it's not. It's it's only like a week they're going to be doing. That. Oh really? Oh that yeah. sucks. That's like how they moved that. Uh, it's like how they moved that serial killer museum like the week before I uh, before I went there. I miss all the good stuff. Just like you're going to have to. Head over here now. I'm just going to have to call in sick. I'm, <laughs> sorry, I'm calling in sick. I'm going to uh, longingly touch on some of Michael Jackson's playthings. You can still. Hello. Wow. You can still. You can <laughs> that just still sounds wrong too. You need to stop saying playthings. Well, you know what? The, the Jackson is like. You know, it's like if you. Uh, it's like if you put uh, like uh, you know like a like a, an onion or something in your fridge. Everything smells like the onion. If you put a uh, Jackson in a story, suddenly everything smells perverse. But I got to tell you something. Can I just? I, can I just veer off track of this a little yes, bit? Yes, of course. Um, when I was in college, uh, I had an onion in the refrigerator and a hunk of cheese. And I got to tell you, even though the cheese tasted like onion, it was kind of a neat combination. It uh, it worked. I, I just want to say that that worked. It well in college. Let's be honest. In college, uh, who knows in what state you are when you're uh, consuming some of those foods, sir? All right, my friend. Enjoy your day. We will uh, have speaks with you very soon. Thank, Thank you, Jim you. Roop. There you go. Jim Roop in Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, 
If you just uh, if you're just joining us, uh, Jim Roof just made the following observation uh, here on the uh, the Rick Emerson show. I'm trying to find it, but there's oh, so much gold. To tell them stories go. that Thank don't you. go anywhere, like the time I caught the ferry over to Shelbyville. I needed a new heel for my shoe, so I decided to go to Morganville, which is what they call Shelbyville in those days. So I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. Now. To take the ferry cost a nickel, and in those days, nickels had pictures of bumblebees on them. Give me five bees for a quarter, you'd say. Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. The important thing was that I had an onion on my belt, which was a style at the time. They didn't have white onions because of the war. The only thing you could get was those big yellow ones. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. It's great to be back in Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is uh, Friday. Friday. I'm sorry. I'm reading ahead. I'm looking ahead of the list of, uh, of things uh, that we've got coming up this coming Friday, I meant to say. Uh, we're having a uh, series of exciting happenings on this program, including uh, a review of Crank Two, which somebody just sent me the trailer for, and Crank Two, which is Crank, was the thing where the guy had to keep his uh, his pulse rate or his heart rate or his adrenaline or oh, something. Oh, Jason up. Statham. Statham. Statham, yeah, something like that. So he had to keep his pulse above like a hundred beats or something a minute or whatever it is. Um, and so somebody just sent me this, like, "Have you seen the trailer for Crank Two? Uh, will this be fantastic or awful?" And the answer is probably so much of one that it becomes the other, and I mean it ends up being fantastic because when just. I know I've been talking a lot about Observe and Report, but the trailers in front of Observe and Report are all so unbelievably mismatched with that film. And it's because they figured that dudes are going to see it because it's Seth Rogen. So one of the trailers is for Crank 2, high voltage. And the deal is that he gets an artificial heart. Like someone stole his heart, like organ thieves uh, or whatever. They steal his heart. They give him an artificial heart, and the rest of the movie is him tracking down whoever stole his heart so he can have it put back in. What movie is this? Crank 2. This is the the movie that's coming out this Friday. So um, That sounds like the most ridiculous, stupid thing ever. It's so great, though, because the deal is like he somehow needs to have his heart back because like, no other heart will work. So he spends the whole movie trying to find the guys who have his heart. I mean, it just sounds ridiculous, right? Because But he has an artificial heart. But here's the here's the gimmick, Sarah. Here's the hook. The artificial heart has a battery that is constantly running down. So about every 19 minutes or something, he has to find some electricity to jam into his body. He has to uh, jolt himself somehow. I swear to God, there is a scene in the trailer where his heart is about to run out of energy. So he has to find a guy who is jump-starting his car and put the jumper cables on his tongue. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say nipples. On his tongue. And then the guy turns the key and he goes like, Help! And it's like, and it's a big, a big shot of him screaming as these jumper cables are sparking his tongue. It's fantastic. Uh, so somebody just sent me the uh, trailer. I have seen that, and Aaron Duran will have the review of that uh, on Friday. Uh, by the way, it is the uh, Rick Emerson Show, and at the news desk, this is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. So these tea protests are going on all over the place. I went to Portland, the Pioneer Courthouse Square, that begins at five. Then they're not going to do anything until 6. And then they go to the waterfront and dump more pollution into the river. That's great. Good for them. <laughs> and I'm told the reason why some of these locations are being picked is because of Pioneer Courthouse Square and the Beaverton uh, the Beaverton Post Office, which is the destination for the Beaverton Tea Party that starts at Izzy's, is because they always have uh, special mailboxes there to mail taxes and the media is already there. 
Oh, I see. So it's not like they're picking the post office, you know. It, it's it, because they... That's where the cameras are. Right. All right. That's why they're doing it. I was like, who, who hates the post office? I mean, you know, many so of the... the organizers of this could say, the big crowd is for us, when in reality it's people dropping off their taxes. This I got a great email about this. Um, this says, Rick... Obama should instruct all public officials responsible for policing these protests to be sure to ticket anyone who litters or pollutes by throwing a teabag, since breaking the law isn't usually covered under protest permits. He should then go on TV and thank them for participating in the American process with their protests. And then this is the most genius thing I've ever heard. After having all of the teabag protesters... You know what I mean? After having all the tea protesters ticketed for littering, Obama should thank them for contributing to the government's coffers with their fines. And for his final Jedi mind trick, since he'll have their numbers on record from the tickets, he should send them a text message, since a lot of the numbers will be cell phones, that simply says, you are pwned. All right, excellent. Fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. What to do about pirates? Donald Trump weighs in. Well, I think the answer is very simple. You put people on the boats with guns, and when they get near the boats, you just shoot them right out of the water. And that's the end of your problem. And I understand the insurance companies don't want that. Now, explain to me why. They're giving hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, this this is such a simple solution. Meanwhile, there'll be another secret recipe to add to KFC's vault. It used to be called Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's owned by Yum Brands. They're adding Kentucky Grilled Chicken to the menu. It is marinated and seasoned with six herbs and spices, then slow grilled. It's supposed to have only between 70 and 180 calories. And four to nine grams of fat. Let me say this about KFC. Um, KFC is one of those things that that I eat every now and again. You just get, it's one of those things I get sort of a weird craving for. And I also notice that there's, in addition to the, like, I think one of the 12 uh, secret herbs is like, I, I think there's, there's, there's somehow tied into, isn't, doesn't Yum own uh, Pepsi? Does Yum own PepsiCo or is PepsiCo owned by there's some tie sure. in between KFC and Pepsi or something? The only reason I say that is because it, because KFC really is is good. Like every now and again, I just it's a I thing. I haven't had KFC since like high school. Oh, it's a thing that I crave. Uh, just maybe like I don't know every I don't know every couple of months I'll just go and like oh, I gotta get me some KFC. But it man, it's like I get one piece in there and suddenly I just need a barrel of liquid. Uh, I just need the the, 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 ma- the most the massive uh, refreshment they can possibly give me because it just give me like it gives me kind of a, a dry mouth thing. Here's the thing about KFC. They have just made the most hay you can possibly imagine out of that 12 secret herbs thing. Because about every, I don't know, 18 months, they will have some story about how the original, like, quill parchment scroll thing that Colonel Sanders uh, wrote is being moved from one location to another. And they got, like, $9 billion worth of Brinks security. And then they built some uh, vault that's underground. That, you know, this vault was constructed 75 feet under Colorado, and it is hollowed out of solid granite, and it is uh, guarded by uh, you know the, the goblins from Gringotts. And it's like that's what they're putting uh, you know the, the original recipe. Which, and then and then I saw an article uh, which is uh, two weeks ago. Speaking of this, it was some huge. And it was like in the New York Times. I mean, you really have to uh, hand it to that company for being able to get such publicity. The New York Times had this big article about how. Of the 12 secret herbs and spices, one company provides six of them. Another company provides the other six. Neither company knows what the other firm adds to the recipe. Which, I don't mean the not KFC really is quite good, but, I mean, it's just like it's just like salt in something, right? I mean, it's it seems like it's salt and like uh, cayenne or whatever. Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I'm not Harlan Sanders, so it's uh, up to speculation. Here's Tim Riley. They finally cut off the flow of chicken goo into the Columbia River. Apparently, there was this uh, chicken rendering plant in Kelso. And some investigators observed a phantom pipeline that is spewing chicken parts. 
and belching chemical goo into the water. This is the worst pipe that's ever existed. There's never been a pipe worse than this one. There could be a pipe that, in fact, goes into Satan's colon, uh, and it wouldn't be as bad as this. A pipe that spews chicken parts and clouds of goo into the air and the water. That's correct, yes. Is, in fact, almost indescribably bad. Mm -hmm. And it's in Kelso. So at least it's, you know, it's not in my backyard, but that's, you know, that's someone else's issue, I suppose. Well, the Obamas have uh, finally unveiled their dog to the media. It is about time. The president has a high praise for this new dog. It is spectacular. (laughs) And well deserved. He's a star. He's got star quality. Where will the dog be sleeping? Is he going to be in a bed? Not in my bed. Wow. Case of the Mondays? Jesus. All right. Then we have the crazy governor of uh, Texas, Rick Perry. Seems that folks in Texas are really upset that there's an African-American in the White House, so they want everyone to respect their state sovereignty. I'm here today to offer my unwavering support to this young man, uh, to all of these members of the legislature who are standing behind me, and more importantly, millions of Texans just like yourself that are tired of Washington, D.C., trying to come down here and tell us how to run Texas. I believe the federal government has become oppressive. Mm-hmm. What, what is he standing behind exactly? What did they do? Well, apparently they passed a resolution that uh, Texas should be sovereign. Now, Whatever see, that means. I thought that already existed, though. Don't you hear that story? That's yeah. another story that gets recycled by the media about every two years. That Texas has uh, retained the right to secede. or Well, any state can, really. I suppose. Well, I mean, I guess that's true. I mean, I guess they, the, the whole, I mean, the South did it once before. So I suppose, um, is what, I mean, I guess you don't really need anybody's permission. I guess that's what seceding kind of means, right? Like yeah. you're just sort of leaving. Um, but I guess maybe, I think Texas might be the only state where it is, it's actually written into the Constitution. Mm-hmm. It's actually that, that right is enumerated or a word like that in, in the, like this, like the charter or something. If they want to leave, let them leave. Well, that's my thing. Really, who's stopping you? Uh, you know, the figurative door is that way. So, I mean, what is it? Where do they propose to go? Are they just? Are they just? Uh, They're just going to be Texas. So go ahead. Well, it. they they do seem to love fences uh, down there. So I'll tell you what. Wait, how about we just fence you off? Huh? How about that? Too? And uh, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll just erect something around you uh, so that you all can stay there, and they'll make sure that none of that. Uh, what are they called? Uh, goods or services or uh, assistance or healthcare of any kind uh, gets down there, and you all can figure that out for yourself. Maybe do a little trade with Tijuana, jackasses. College students may want to keep uh, their use of the Facebook in check. A study at Ohio State University finds students who spend time on the social networking website have lower GPAs than those who have not signed up for it. Meanwhile, there are some cigarettes out there that still deliver nicotine but don't require a conventional lighter. E-cigarettes, called e-cigs, are the latest technology in smoking. It's a white plastic cigarette-like tube with a lithium battery. Inside it produces a flame-like light. Smoke light vapor and delivers a nicotine punch. Okay, tech smokes have been around for decades. Just, just right now, as you said, e-cigs. Somebody in the room uh, <laughs> named Sarah Dillon gave me the biggest thumbs up you've ever seen, and then mouthed a sort of Chris Farley esque "awesome." I've, um, you've tried them. I have, and they're weird. Well, your it's mom like can't plastic, disapprove. They're smokeless. It's like a plastic tube that actually, when you inhale, the end of it lights up, but it's not lit. It glows on the end, but it's almost like a vape. It's is a it vapor. so you can smoke in a place you that doesn't allow smoke smoking? Yeah. So that is genius. It's genius. They can sell I them inv- at liquor stores. I for- want to invest in that company right now. No, they sell them in liquor stores. And um, 
I'm thinking about. I almost want to try one. You, it's weird. You could. You should try one right here in the studio. Okay. Wait, does it put up any my, smoke at all? No smoke at all. Wait a minute, I don't understand. It lets How out do a you... vapor. It has tobacco in it, but it's like a vapor cigarette, so it's not lit. Does it have any smell? No. In other words... No, so it's battery operated. But I mean, uh, so you're getting the vapor, but... Uh, in other words, if you're smoking and I'm sitting next to you, am I going to smell anything? No. Do you know that for sure? Yeah, because I've, I've smoked one. How, are they expensive? I mean, yes. wait, I mean, more so than regular yeah, cigarettes? Yeah, they're like 70 bucks, I think. For how much? It's one of them, like one For of the batteries. Carton? No, it's not a carton. It's just a single cigarette. What it is? How long does it last? It's a cartridge. It lasts. Uh, I was talking to the lady actually, because <laughs> I'm more trashy. I was at the liquor store. I, I would buy me some of that Admiral Nelson. <laughs> and I was talking to the yeah, because I, I was looking. At it, I'm like, all right, so that's I'm like sixty bucks. I'm like, that's a lot. But I guess one <laughs> thing of. Um, tobacco lasts for a, like two, three months. You there, got them one of them uh, propane powered uh, cigarettes. That's great. Yeah, no, they're super cool. Looking. And they matches? look almost like porcelain. Do they sell them across the street at the liquor store over there? I don't know. We should go after the show and look. I mean, I'm not paying. So, I mean, I, maybe I could. Tim, can I deduct that for my taxes? What? Never mind. <laughs> uh, the uh, so uh, th- that's fascinating. And so, do you get it refilled? No, probably you just you use it till it, it's to... gone, and then you just chuck it. No, no, but you can refill it. Like you refill, there's there's tobacco inside of it. I'm not really 100 percent sure exactly how it works. Okay, and it's battery operated. It's it lights up when you smoke it. I've so it's weird. It tastes like tobacco, but it's not as. I must know. All right, wait. We've got calls about this. Smoky. Uh, all right, hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Please now to describe the cigarette of tomorrow today. Well, I just know that uh, they sell them at a kiosk in Clackamas Mall. Of course they do. Someone was. Uh, we're walking down the the, the corridor, and uh, there was somebody smoking this e-cigarette. And just puffing away, little vapors coming out, and it's like, what the? Heck? Could you smell it? Could you? Um... I smelled nothing. I thought, I thought it was just a stupid little toy. That is so weird. Mm-hmm. I okay, that's really? what can be legal because it's a vapor. Man, I, don't you want to take that into and start smoking in a restaurant and see what they do? Because it's not a cigarette. It is a cigarette-shaped product mm-hmm. that dispenses nicotine, but it is not a cigarette. Because a cigarette, it seems to me, is a is a paper and tobacco uh, uh, device that it delivers nicotine via smoke that is inhaled when the cigarette is burned. This isn't a cigarette. That's well, fantastic. You know, because that smoking law just chafes me just so badly. I just hate that smoking law with everything in me, even though I, and, and just I have never had a cigarette in my mouth in my life. I have never smoked. But that cigarette law just drives me at the freaking wall. Um the, and so that's a thing there should have been protests about, by the way, if we're going to be spending our uh, you know hours during which we ought to be being productive members of a capitalist society, idiots, uh, instead of actually being at work and contributing to the economy, if we're all going to go downtown like children and throw bags around, uh, it seems like we could have done it for the smoking ban, which actually seems like more of a sort of a creeping government thing. Uh, but that makes me want to try one. So uh, did it look like a real cigarette, sir? Uh, the guy just looked like a tool. <laughs> in the middle of well, that's the- just Clackamas, though. I mean, come on. True, true. Um, we didn't really pay attention because you don't really make eye contact with the kiosk people. No, that no, that's totally true. Um, that oh, wait, is the truth. So, so he wasn't. They weren't. It wasn't a guy walking by a kiosk. It was literally the guy at the kiosk using one. Yeah, exactly. It was the, it was the right. salesman at the kiosk. No, no, no. Fair enough. And you're totally right that when you the kiosk people, you look away. It's like the it's like the uh, the petition people on Hawthorne. You just look at the ground. Excellent. All right. Thank you, my friend.
No problem. All right, there you go. When we come back, we've got uh, more calls about this. So, um, all right, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of this issue because that's fascinating. And I want to know if I can invest in the company that makes those because that's a product on the move. It's on you right now. Is the liquor store across the street open? Don't act like you don't know. <laughs> I don't. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Yeah, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Good morning to you. It is Wednesday. Uh, coming up later on in the hour, we'll do today's top five. The top five Phil Spector productions of all time. And we'll also have a, another pair of tickets to see Queensryche this Saturday at the Roseland, along with uh, entry for you and a guest to a private listener-only KUFO performance by Queensryche earlier in the day at an undisclosed location. Sponsored by Miller Lite, the best-tasting light beer, triple hopped for great taste. And uh, don't forget, tickets are on sale now uh, at all Tickets West outlets for that Queensryche show. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories on this Wednesday. Wednesday morning. A Salem man is arrested for allegedly huffing inhalants with his seven-year-old son. An underage strip club on McLaughlin Boulevard is charged with serving alcohol to youngsters. Washington State's unemployment isn't as bad as Oregon's, but Clark County's is dismal, even worse than ours, at 12.5%. A 13-year-old is charged with a bank robbery, and the new Obama dog is at last introduced to the media. And this is the uh, and this is the dog that will never the the province of this dog or whatever that word is the provenance something where it came from will never be known. That's correct. Has anybody asked Ted Kennedy? I don't think anyone can ask Ted Kennedy anything. Well, I guess you could, <laughs> but it would be I guess it'd be like asking a uh, I guess it'd be like asking one of your shoes. Or you could ask TV personality Ed McMahon, who is reportedly doing well. Really. In the hospital. Is he doing well in the same place that uh, Frank Sinatra is still up and around and joking with friends and family? His friend David Hasselhoff says he, quote, never gives up. His friend David Hasselhoff? That's the most random thing. I want that to be in my... You know what? I'm going to start putting that in every press release. Are you going to put that on your epitaph? No, no, no. Just in every press release we do for the show, I'm going to have Susan Reynolds put... Rick Emerson's friend David Hasselhoff said, ooh, hey, speaking of people uh, doing well, am I well? Are you thinking about Patrick Patrick Swayze? Swayze. That's so funny. That's exactly where my mood... Because we had that report that he went to the hospital like a month ago. Did you see the Inquirer? No. Yeah, yeah, he looks bad. Oh. Yeah, because he had gone to the hospital with like... Something was happening, and then nothing yeah. heard anything about him. It's uh, and he doesn't look bad. Like the Inquirer did that thing of catching him at the wrong moment, or he was sneezing, and they took the photo bad. He looks uh, like uh, he looks cancer bad. It's it's not a not a good look for him. So, uh, but here's the thing: I'm going to continue my uh, I'm going to continue my push to have uh, pancreatic cancer. I think that's what is it: pancreatic cancer or liver cancer? I think it was pancreatic. What cancer. has? Yeah, because I think it was the same thing that what's her name is Ruth Bader Ginsburg had it. Uh, I think or has it. Anyway, I think it's pancreatic. Um, I'm going to continue my push to have that renamed Swayze's disease, though, just because then it'll give you, you know, because then it gives you like a sort of a sort of a fight, a fighting feeling. You know what I mean? That's a I mean, you know, the cancer, like whether it's a pancreatic or pancreatic, liver, pancreatic yeah. cancer. Then they tell you of that. That's a you know, you just sort of feel like, well, that's a, you know, it would be, be dispiriting. You would feel disheartened and probably just a little uh, just a little grim about things. And so but you have Swayze's disease, though, and then it would come with a medal that you would wear around your neck, like an Olympic medal. And it would be just uh, plated in solid gold, and it would have a picture of Swayze on the front, uh, either like maybe Red Dawn Swayze on one side, and then Dalton uh, Roadhouse Swayze on the other side. And it would say like Swayze's disease uh, something, and then like a solidarity uh, like like flag or something at the bottom. Nobody else thinks it's a great idea, but I'm all over it. Well, it um, just bums me out because I was just watching, you know, going through the Oh, we were talking about internet. Ghost because uh, exactly. of uh, that thing that we're going to do. The thing? A bit. Because of the Righteous Brothers You've Lost, or Unchained Melody. It's on, <laughs> that's true, it's on the top five. I was just watching five. Patrick Swayze. All right. That's, uh, that movie still holds up. Ghost? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I, it holds up the way that, um, here's the it's thing. It's scary. It scared the crap out of me when I was younger. I would say that it probably holds up for you the way that Pretty Woman maybe holds up. In that it's bad, but you know, but it's great at the same time. See, no, I think Pretty Woman's pretty much crap. <laughs> no, it is. Oh, I didn't mean it, that, it is, for that to be a pun. <laughs> it is, uh, it, no, it is, uh, it is almost entirely No, I think crap. Ghost is, like, Ghost has the, um, like, maybe excitement. I and see it again. I yeah. haven't seen that movie in a no, long time. No, it's like time. a beautiful romance story. And it's also, like, suspenseful and, and kind of creepy at the same time. All right, well, the fair to baby. Goldberg isn't annoying in it. No, that's true. And it's like, that's the rare moment. I mean, not just in movies, but like in life uh, where Whoopi Goldberg is not irritating in some way. All right, so don't forget tomorrow, 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 Thursday, 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 be here, be here, be here. Uh, Sarah Dillon and I uh, will be uh, recruiting, gathering, ordering, commanding. Recruiting. Yes, uh, folks to be on our respective Sleep Country Foster Kids Pajama Bowl teams. Uh, so as established during the program... Uh, I, Since you are not going to be there. I, Rick Emerson, uh, will not be here on the 26th uh, for the actual event, the Sleep Country uh, Foster Kids Pajama Bowl, uh, which benefits the uh, Trillium Family Services Center. I will not be here. I'll be in Las Vegas. Um, but So that being said, Sarah's going to get four people on her team. Uh, I will recruit five people, one of whom will just sort of be like the team leader. They'll be in, in my stead. Uh, and so uh, I will be selecting the pajamas uh, that Sarah wears. And then in exchange for the fact that I will not be here, I have agreed to then take the entire team uh, out to uh, lunch at a restaurant of my choosing. CBS, we've, we just got confirmation, CBS will pay for the lunch. Mm-hmm. In exchange, I will wear my pajamas and I will allow it to be uh, filmed or photographed or, or filmed whatever. Filmed and photographed. Filmed, fine, filmed and photographed. Yes. I'm not paying. Les Moonves is uh, picking up the time. Well, you should have to do an activity when you're at lunch, too, because I'm going to Other than eating bo- in my freaking pajamas? I'm going to be bowling like a jackass in my freaking pajamas. All right, I should have to do an activity. I don't know, like shaming myself publicly. <laughs> How about removing any shreds of masculinity that might remain uh, attached to me? How about that, huh? Sorry, that came a little spikier <laughs> than I intended. I'm just picturing myself in last year's. I'm picturing you at Red problem. Robin having to go around with everybody singing "Happy Birthday" to all the random people. That's great. I'm picturing stabbing you in the eyes with this pen. Uh, so that is uh, tomorrow right here. Uh, the minimum bid's $101, uh, and we'll be doing that tomorrow. $101. It'll be happening uh, tomorrow right here on the Rick Emerson uh, Show, and it benefits Trillium Family Services. You can find out more at KUFO.com. All right. Uh, shall we uh, get caught up on the, all of our whatnot? We've got, uh, still on the way this hour, the top five Phil Spector productions and a pair of Queens Rack tickets for this Saturday's show at the Roseland. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Our phone lines are open. <laughs> Caller 10 gets my seed. The Rick Emerson Show returns. That's not really the case. Oh. Wow, Rick, the phones really aren't ringing up. <laughs> Shut up. People want my seed. They don't. Okay, don't Not ever so much. say that. Ever. No, I mean the uh, celery seed for your for a hot dog. See, that sounds wrong too. Everything we say today sounds perverse. I blame Michael Jackson for this. That was the turning point today. The cucumber seed for a hot dog? No, no, no. Celery. Did seed. you really go that? A okay. Cucumber seed would just be weird. Let's move on. It's the uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Don't forget, coming up at 9 o'clock today, Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. Uh, before the end of today's show, we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to see Queensryche this Saturday, April 18th, as well as uh, you and a friend going to see them in a private listener-only KUFO performance sponsored by Miller Lite. Someone is coming up. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on this Wednesday morning. Well, a strip, clo- a strip club is accused of illegal alcohol sales to minors. <laughs> That was totally wow. me. I'm sorry. That scared the crap out of Jesus, me, too. Jesus, that was terrifying. Okay. What just happened? <gasps> Nothing. Nothing. We'll take it out. All right.
A sewing machine hoax is causing a frenzy in Saudi Arabia. And legendary TV personality Emmett McMahon is, quote, doing well. As compared with what, do you think? I don't know. Okay. Washington's unemployment rate jumps to 9.2%, although in Clark County it's even bigger at 12.5%. That is bigger than all of Oregon. And the Ukraine arrests three trying to sell radioactive stuff to anyone who will buy it. Radioactive stuff. Hey, I got some, uh, what do you want? Radioactive things? I got some junk. How about stuff? No? Knickknacks? Ends? Odds? Bric-a-brac? Let's do uh, one more here, and then we will roll today's top five. Am I doing headlines? Um, well, okay. Uh, yes, I, it sounded like we were at a, uh, an awkward pausing point there. Oh, I didn't know if we were still there. Ah, well, never mind. Well, after, well, never mind. We'll come back. <laughs> we'll do this. Here's your top five. I'm sorry, I'm all thrown off by that loud blast of no, noise that just came over my uh, over the headphones just Fire. now. It's very odd. I have a weird jittery, uh, jittery uh, adrenaline rush now. Wow. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? All right, ladies and gentlemen. So as Phil Spector begins his next stage in life, that of inmate, uh, it's worth looking back and uh, really examining the fact that he is... We were talking to Ruba about this yesterday. I don't think it's a stretch to say he is the most important and influential producer in all of contemporary music history. I mean, I can't think of anybody. There are producers that were associated with bigger bands. Like, you got George Martin and the Beatles, obviously. And there are producers that that really made a big impact within a certain genre of music, like uh, uh, like Rick Rubin, although he crosses a lot of boundaries, but, you know, he revolutionized, uh, you know, certainly rap in the early days, and then uh, Dr. Dre did much of the same. But... Spectre not only did it across, I mean, just huge numbers of disparate music forms, but he did it almost before anybody else was doing anything like this. He had no, in other words, there was no Phil Spectre for Phil Spectre to model himself on. Brian Wilson very clearly took most of his production style from Spectre, at least in the early days, and Phil Spectre didn't really have that. He had to kind of create it out of nowhere with the, uh, the famous Wall of Sound. So without further ado, these are the top five uh, Phil Spector productions of all time. Tim Riley? Honorable mention, John Lennon with Instant Karma. So this, of course, the uh, Plastic Ono Band. This is karma's gonna get you. Here's the amazing thing about this, is that it's such an astounding production from Phil Spector because... There's very little instrumentation happening here, but it's still just a huge wall of sound. It's that, you know, it, it has a very full, uh, thick kind of uh, aural uh, presence to it. This video is strange to look at. Yoko Ono is playing with him with a blindfold on. Well, I don't know that anything, we can really ascribe any motivation to anything that was happening at that point. I mean, except for those double-track vocals and some echo on this, there doesn't appear to be a lot of ha uh, stuff happening. These are the top five Phil Spector productions of all time. Tim Riley. Number five, The Righteous Brothers, Unchained Melody.
and this song builds too to just such a massive. Uh, I mean, you keep going back to the phrase "wall of sound," but it's it's just this sort of like raging torrent of noise at the end, where every single element and every single slice of the sound is audible, and you can hear them sort of separately in your mind, but they form this total wash of noise at the same time. So it is it is both subtle and completely bombastic simultaneously, which is sort of a neat trick to pull off. And this melody is fascinating too because it's almost completely non-repeating. I mean, you kind of know the song now. I mean, you know it note for note because you've heard it a billion times. Uh, but I think it, it, when this first came out, when there was this fresh sounding, it must have just... It must have really stood out from everything else because the melody is so is so complex. Mm. Wow. It's a song you can't imagine uh, not existing. Though. It doesn't really seem like there was a time when there was no Unchained Melody. Kind of down the top five Phil Spector productions of all time. Number four, The Crystals, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And this is from the album. This is uh, A Christmas Gift to You from Phil Spector, I think, is, is what it's called. I came back from a lovely trip along the Milky Way. I stopped up at the North Pole to spend the holiday. I don't think I've heard this. I oh, that's a great song. Santa Claus to see what I and notable because there weren't a lot of really quality rock or pop Christmas albums at the time. And that's a thing that you expect now where every band on earth does a Christmas record every couple years. Every band, every band does that. But Phil Spector was one of the first guys to really take a pop group and create a huge uh, orchestrated Christmas production around them. And a big sound, too. records. And you can hear all of this. There's like a glockenspiel or something happening there in the background. And there's a... Uh, you can hear like there's a like a timpani and then kettle drums, it sounds like. And of course, then Hal Blaine uh, and the Wrecking Crew who are the house band here. I mean, it just comes... It just charges out of the radio at you. This whole record is great, uh, top to bottom, this entire Christmas album. And of course, the, you know, I'm not saying the singers don't matter, but they were almost incidental to Phil Spector because he would just write and produce and arrange all of these songs himself, and then he would just swap out an endless procession of teenage girls, uh, you know, and sometimes guys, depending on the song, and he would just sort of slot them in. They were just another instrument. Mm. Top five Phil Spector productions of all time. Tim Riley. Number three, The Ramones, The End of the Century. And this is really the whole... The whole record here. This is a track called Danny Says. Again, especially notable because the Ramones... This is the only record the Ramones have that sounds like this. Everything else sounds like Blitzkrieg Bop, basically. Danny says we gotta go. Gotta go to Idaho. But we can't go surfing close to Twinnapolo. This is one of my favorite Ramones songs of all time. It's a song about being lonely on the road and touring. And- 
uh, Foo Fighters did a really, really great cover of this a couple years ago. Almost a note-for-note note cover. And then just when you think it's not going to have any sort of Ramones feel to it. obvious here, but that's such a tragedy that he's just so clearly nuts and, you know, shoots people. I mean, he really, really is just beyond a genius. I mean, that's an overused term, but it's completely accurate for Phil Spector. I mean, you could take the Ramones and completely strip away everything that makes them the Ramones and rebuild them. I mean, it's like you're almost building this sort of bionic Ramones record, but where you're using just all of these parts left over from old Ronette's albums or something, and it still works. I can listen to this all day. These are the uh, top five Phil Spector productions of all time. By the way, that's the entire album, End of the Century. you got to get that. Number two, The Crystals, and then he kissed me. This is, we're actually, we're actually, oh, we're actually playing the, uh, we've, we've swapped these by mistake. Well, uh, that's okay. We'll take that out later. No one heard that. <laughs> Look over there. The two, uh, number two is The Crystals, then he kissed me. sounding the same because they have it gets the, you know, the wall of sound where he's building this entire just this massive structure of sound but he had enough ear for detail like these castanets that are happening that the songs all retained a very distinctive sound and style even though they were being filtered through that uh, that mono production technique that he had Kind of the top five Phil Spector productions of all what time. I can't imagine what number one would be, Tim. The Ronettes and Be My Baby. One of the most famous intros of all time. Uh, just a little drum hit they do here where... God, there's so much echo on that. Playing in some sort of like a canyon or something. And then when they go to the chorus, Phil Spector did this brilliant thing that I don't think had really been done before, where the melody line stays the same and then the chord pattern shifts around it, which is a thing that hadn't really been done in pop music to that point. as good as it gets. 
so there you go. And now he's in jail, so enjoy what you got, kids. You're not getting any more. Top five Phil Spector productions of all time. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Back after this on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. He has the grace of a swan, the wisdom of an owl, and the eye of an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO, and good morning to you. It is uh, Wednesday morning. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, don't forget to join us tomorrow when our guests will include Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and from the Willamette Week, uh, Kelly Clark joining us in the studio. All right, we're going to take uh, caller number 10 at this point in your life uh, for your shot at Queensryche tickets. We are giving away a pair of tickets to see Queensryche this Saturday, April 18th at the Roseland. Tickets on sale now at all Tickets West Outlets. And uh, if you win this, you will also get an entry for you and a guest to a private listener-only KU. UFO performance with Queensryche earlier in the day at an undisclosed uh, location. Sponsored by Miller Lite, the best tasting light beer, triple hopped for great taste. So we will take uh, Caller 10 right now, and you will uh, be confronted with Queensryche trivia that you must master and overcome uh, to win. It's 503-733-2970. In the meantime, this is Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. E-cigarettes will soon replace the whole thing. There are some cigarettes out there that will still deliver nicotine, but don't require a conventional lighter. These are electronic cigarettes, or e-cigs. They're the latest technology in smoking. A white plastic cigarette-like tube with a lithium battery inside produces a flame-like light, smoke-like vapor, and it delivers a nicotine hit. This high-tech smoke is, well, it's been around for a decade now, but it caught on again recently. They come in different flavors, such as apple, cherry, chocolate, strawberry... And four levels of nicotine dosages. Do they come in cigarette flavor? It doesn't say. Do, is there, do they, I mean, is there any kind that just tastes like a cigarette? I think there's a tobacco kind. Because because they did try yeah, I don't. These. I don't like sweet smoke stuff. Because then you're one of those uh, jackasses using a hookah somewhere. Mm. Not a hooker. A hookah? <laughs> a hooah! That's what I meant to say, Sarah. A hooah! Um, they, well, because they tried these back in... The late 80s, I think. Uh, RJR Nabisco, I guess, they were then called. That was, I guess that was the tobacco company. This is a story famously recounted in the book Barbarians at the Gate and then in the movie the same name. But back when the tobacco lawsuits were happening, uh, RJR tried to introduce uh, these cigarettes called Premiers. And the deal was that Premiers were a cigarette that didn't burn. They just warmed. And so you would hold, um, you, you know, you'd light them with a match or whatever. Um and they would warm a capsule inside that had some nicotine, and then you would inhale, and you get the flavor and the whatever, but without smoke. Mm-hmm. Two problems. One, um, you had to use a lighter, because if you lit them with a match, they tasted like actual manure. Uh, they tasted like actual, literal, uh, like, uh, leavings. Uh, they, they, yes, that. I mean, not like figurative, like, this tastes like manure. Like, it actually tasted uh, like manure. There was some weird methane uh. thing that it created. Also... Apparently, um, the deal with the premieres was when you would light them or warm them or whatever with the lighter and you try to draw on them, I guess you actually had to pull so hard. You had to draw so hard on the cigarette that there was a worry that it was actually going to cause people like some sort of like an ailment in and of itself because you're having to like (gasps) trying to get the sort of nicotine taste out of it. So that was a huge failure, the the RJR premiere cigarette. But it's interesting that that they've kind of brought it back with this. Also, here's my thing. So if it's delivering nicotine, not that I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm sure that these cigarettes are manufactured with the utmost regard for safety and whatever. But if regular cigarettes cause cancer, so then do these? Because it, it's not. I don't think it's the nicotine that yeah, I think gives it's you the smoke. 
it's the, it's like tar or something, right? Yeah. Or that you're inhaling a thing that's you know on fire, uh, which I think is bad. So I so my so but the question is, do these have any health risks uh, to them? Probably. I mean, doesn't it seem like anything fun has a health risk to it? I would think so, but I mean, it is an exciting era of of science and advancement and men on the moon and laser heart surgery. So, I I, I mean, who knows? Perhaps they've uh, created a safe cigarette. All right, well, clearly. And here's the thing. Just let's have no illusions. I'm not going to go to the liquor store. Thank you to the guy who told me they open at 11. I'm not going to go spend, <laughs> I'm not going to go lay out $70 for one of these. Well, I'm going to buy one, I'm sure, eventually, so I will bring it in when I do. If Les Moonvest wants to pay for that as well, or if I can write it off on my taxes next year, that that's great. But... Because I would almost be tempted to buy one and just like, for example, uh, you know, my, my good friend, uh, Joni DeRoshi, uh, with whom I work on a lot of uh, outside projects and so forth. And she's a smoker. But, of course, now you can't smoke anywhere. So she's always like every five minutes, I got to go stand outside and smoke. Uh, like I would almost fork over the 70 bucks just so I could not have to, to do that. And I to suffer through people going to take cigarette breaks like, at a, you know, you go to a show or something. Everybody's got a caravan outside to smoke. So. All right. Uh, let us do this. Let us uh, go to the phones. Hello. Uh, who, who is this, sir, madam, as the case may be? Um, madam, my name is Trinette. Hello. How are you today? I am Peachy Keen, Jelly Bean. Okay, then. I have to agree with your assessment. Are you a uh, Queensryche fan, Trinette? I are a fan. Let me just play this, and we'll plunge on in. Um, all right, so, Trinette, I am going to give you a Queensryche trivia question based on one of their more popular tunes. If you can correctly answer this, you will go to see Queensryche this Saturday at the Roseland. You'll also win an entry for you and a friend to see a private acoustic performance by Queensryche. Just you and a handful of other people uh, at an undisclosed location before the uh, show, sponsored by Miller Lights. All right, Trinette. Okay. Let's not get ahead of ourselves just yet. Let's try to keep a handle on our emotions. I'm so nervous. In the Queensryche song, Empire, Johnny is out on the street all day selling crack to the people who pay, and he has what for his best friend? Oh, my gosh. Um. Oh, my gosh. Just keep remember, just remember you're, you're a Queensryche fan. The knowledge is in you somewhere. Okay. It's lurking in your brain. It's there. You just have to find it. Okay, hold on. Can I can like kind of sing the song? Uh, hold on. Let's go to the judges. Can she sing the song out loud? Yes. All right. You may sing the song out loud. I'll even turn off the Jeopardy theme. Okay. Um. Okay. Johnny has crap. Okay. Can you say the? Can you see the? I will give you the opening uh, line here. Okay. Johnny's out on the streets all day selling crack to the people who pay. Oh gosh. Okay. Hold on. Um, can you, oh, I would say at this point you are, uh, you're, you're covered in shame, oh, Trinette, um, unfortunately. No, 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 there's, uh, no, no, no. there's no way around it. No, sadly. All right, Trinette, uh, we appreciate the effort. It's, uh, you just short of the finish line, but you know what? You've got, you've got good hustle. You've got a heart. If only heart, uh, you know, qualified as win. Hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Who's this? This is Greg. Hello, Greg. Uh, can you answer this question? In the Queensryche song, Empire, do you need to defibrillate? Yeah. All right. I've got my work phone call. Um, in the Queensryche song, Empire, Johnny is out on the streets all day selling crack to the people who pay. He has what as his best friend? Oh, my gosh. I'm going through this in my head. Uh, what for his best friend? I'm just drawing a total blank. All right. Thank you, my friend. All right. We will Sorry. do uh, one more here. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? This is Chris. All right, Chris, on, same Chris. question to you. In the Queensryche song Empire, Johnny's out on the streets all day selling crack to the people who pay. He has what? His best friend. 
He's got an AK-47 for his best friend. Business the American, the American way. way. Well done, yes. sir. Congratulations. All right, and I can tell from your Queen. delivery you did not Google this. You are, in fact, a Queensryche fan. Well done. Absolutely. All right, you are going to see Queensryche this Saturday, and you're going to see them in a private listener-only performance. Before that, sponsored by Miller Lite. I'll put you on hold, and Greg Nibbler will get your information. Congratulations, sir. You have brought honor on your lineage. The Rick Emerson Show resolves after this on Rock 101 KUFO. Excellent. Hey, uh, that was Green Day. That's a good chance to talk about this. Uh, so I almost want to say late tonight, but it's actually it's going to be uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, KUFO is going to be premiering the brand new Green Day single in its entirety. Uh, know Your Enemy uh, premieres this Thursday right here on KUFO. And that is going to be guys. it's a, like I mean, it's it, I think uh, Adam uh, is going to be playing on the overnights. So it's uh, I think it's a. Uh, it's like three o'clock in the morning. I think it comes down something yeah, like that. Yeah, you, you told me three. Before. There's, I mean, it's, they're doing this sort of. It's this great sort of like, almost like a like a guerrilla release thing. But it's, uh, it is going to be played this uh, overnight. It is going to be played late tonight uh, slash tomorrow morning. We're going to be playing uh, Green Day's new track, uh, "Know Your Enemy." Here we go. It is going to be at two a.m. tonight. It's going to be at two a.m. Tonight, and then we'll be playing it again uh, tomorrow on this show. But you will be listening to uh, KUFO tonight at 2 a.m. to hear the brand new Green Day single off 21st Century Breakdown, Know Your Enemy, in its entirety. That'll be tonight at 2 a.m., and then we'll be playing it uh, all day tomorrow. Tim Riley, what were the biggest headlines from today? All these teabagging meetings going on all over the place. Find their courthouse square. Everyone's supposed to meet there at 5. Well, it's too too much teabagging for one. one Washington day. State's unemployment rate isn't as bad as Oregon's, but Clark County's is even worse at 12.5%. And chicken goo from a Kelso chicken plant is stopped from being dumped into the Columbia River at long last. I'd like to think that our water is essentially goo-free here in Portland, Oregon. All right. We want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondents Amanda Moyer, also uh, Jim Roop, and Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, join us tomorrow when our guests will include Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week and Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Smells like the 90s is next with our good friend Buzz. Uh, the uh, Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones, Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonians. Uh, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds, and of course, executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. My name is Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening. It is Wednesday, April 15th, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, thank you for listening. Be safe. See you all tomorrow. Bye. Cost a nickel, and in those days, nickels had pictures of bumblebees.